Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. A fight me quite a lot of people. Look 
saying that, that DEC, you know, is a uh, is also um, utilized as a 10. So that's the 10th month for the year. January is the 11th. February the 12th. First month of the year is March, according to the calendar. But you know, let you know, according to how it's written up. But uh, you know, we always fooled anyway. Uh, but with that being said, you know, we're still coming off of, you know, um, giving that giving that um, energy and receiving that energy that has come come to us through the ancestral realm, one as 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 uh, you know, as great elders leave, that energy it, it not only goes out but it comes back and is dissipated throughout the family and all throughout the land. As we heard our brother colleague just speak just a little while ago, you know, the energy that's given out to us will be reborn with this side our youth and move forward to capture this BB-48. And if you're not really up on getting this African liberation, then it's going to be your kids turning on you and asking you why you was not preparing them for this African liberation. With that being said, you know, uh, like I said, it's news, news, and more news tonight. We're going we're going to get it in. What's going on out there, family? Black Power. See, um, see my brother, my brother Baker on out there, you know what I'm saying? I see... I see the uh, sister McKee. I see the family out there lying or not. Black power. Black power. Black power. Like to send that RBG love out right now, real quick. Don't you want our comrades, brother Rahe Rubin, going through a little up, a little down? You know what I'm saying? He's working on a little health things here and there. You know what I mean? She ain't hurting him, so you know we want to just make sure we send that that love and that energy out to the comrades. Ah, uh, sure. You want Ah, man, feeling real excited, man. You know what I mean? It's very rare that you can tune in to some real, real, you know, RBG propaganda. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of fakes and phonies running around here, man. You know, it feel real good to be on the real, you know, on the platform full of real ones, man. Yes, sir. I'll show you. <laughs> Definitely, I'll show you that. You know Sometimes it gets lonely on these Sundays and Mondays, and we ain't really got no show going. It gets lonely on these days off. Yes, it do, man. Black like Paul, man. Black like Paul. Black like Paul, who is that? Somebody else just chimed in. His brother and Oh, Black Paul, brother and Yami. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Brother and Yami. Team, it was sitting. I wanted to chop it up with you about too, brother. And Yami, you came in. You was just, you was just on a show, brother. You was just on the show, your brother and Yami. Though, um, you was just on the show the other day, and I'm, I'm gonna go back so I can remember every little, some of the little details. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you wanted tonight, because I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question or two about that show that you did. Definitely powerful, you know, powerful, um, little, um, powerful show. But you're putting out some real good information. Or, you know, just on being Pan-African and just the, the ways that we need to be moving and going and, and things that you got going on your own self. All right, peace, peace. Peace, brother. We see our brother Little out there. He in the cut. You know, you know what I'm saying? He was going through a couple of things, man. It seemed like they tried to put the poison out there on our family on the Cali side, man. You know what I mean? Chemical warfare going hard over there on the Cali side. So y'all family stay safe out there. We're not saying chemical warfare, though, that we're joking. It's not a joke. It's serious. You know what I mean? Deadly, 
deadly serious. So with that being said, though, we got the information for the elder Francis Crest Wilson. There'll be uh, a memorial for the queen, January 23rd, Washington, D.C., at the college at, at Howard, where she was giving her crest, um, when she was holding her, her monthly lectures. Uh, I'm gonna I'm get the I'm gonna get the uh, times for you too, but I know that it is January 23rd at Howard University, Washington D.C. will be the date of her memorial. Well, the memorial service will be that day, and uh, I believe I got the information from Brother Tony Browder, who is uh, a local of the uh, metropolitan area down there. So that's been our main African. That's been what the main of the Africans have been dealing with now. And I'll tell you this, I think that we need to reexamine as Africans. Francis Crest Wilson's um, theories on genetic annihilation and the Crest theory, you know, um, is something that we have to make sure that is always in our mind, the understanding of racism, white supremacy, always striving to, ca- to have a better grasp of what this what this entity is that we're dealing with that is um, functionally created to destroy us as a people. You know what I mean? So we have to stay on to what is what this you know what exactly it is and it's moving components and moving parts and always sharpening ourselves up. And one thing that we gotta do is have more love for ourselves because one thing that Francis Crest Wilson expressed through not only through her speaking, but through the time that she's given to the community is the love for the family and trying to reverse that situation of hurt people hurting people, trying to be one who is uh, uh, a strong pillar for the community to look to in order for us to stop harming each other due to the sheer fact that we've grown up in this society that dictates that we are to harm one another because we are trained to be Caucasian. And, and as we all know, if you are a trained Caucasian in your mind and you see another person that looks like you, your automatic response is to attack and destroy that which looks like you, not only when you see it on the outside but when you see it in the mirror. So a lot of times our, our thought is to destroy ourselves. I tell you, a lot of black people need to take the mirrors out of their goddamn house. They're too busy looking at themselves too much. So you get to love yourself properly. I don't even think you should have no mirror in your house. So you're just going to be reflecting back negative energy on yourself. You ain't going to like your nose. You ain't going to like your lips. You ain't going to like your eyes. You get a good understanding. Man, you might not be there to have to look at a mirror. You might just need to just look at other people. But that's my little opening rant. Man, man, we're going to get it in on some news. What's, what's going on out there, though, family, man? I just want to say, I say on that, I say we need to love ourselves, love our people. Yes, sir. Sir. No, definitely, definitely. There's a lot of stuff going on right now in the community. We ain't going going to entertain all of the nonsense. We've been discussing it in the backside. But we ain't going to entertain entertain it and try to put it all out there so the people will look at us like we got them silly, silly Negroes who can't do no in-house cleaning up. You know what I mean? Some things we're going to keep in-house. Some Negroes, though, 
they they like skin they skin folk, not kinfolk. So some things we'll be able to blast out here in the open, but certain things we're gonna to have to keep in house because that's just properly African. Right. Yeah, We've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of that going on the last couple of weeks. So what was the first story y'all want to start off with, man? We got so much, so much madness jumping off. So much. One thing that I do want to say though this week is I want to give Bill Cosby's lawyer a big up. I want to give Bill Cosby's lawyer a big up. You got a black black woman lawyer. I'll find her name in a second. As soon as I find it, I'll, I'll give it to y'all. But I seen an interview with her on. Um, I don't even. I'm not even gonna mention that fag name because he disrespected Francis Chris Wilson. If I ever catch, and I'm gonna say his name, Mark Lamont Hill. If I ever catch this nigga anywhere, if I ever see him anywhere close and personal, I'm gonna slap the shit out of this nigga. Believe that one. I'm gonna slap the dog shit out of him. Now, anyway. Bill Cosby's lawyer was up there on his show and just was explaining the details of exactly what was going on with his accusations. And just really looking at the accusations being not 30 years old, but 40 and 50 years old, you know what I mean? This type of shit going on 40 and 50 years is he made this one statement that people were trying to push that these women were so scared to come out. And she just made something clear that, you know, people not thinking about was like, listen, this happened in the early 70s. This is a time when all you had to say is this nigga said, boo to me, and your ass might be hung. So where did this thing come from that they were too shook to tell on Bill? That as a white woman, they didn't have power dealing with a black man. When this is... This ain't something that we got to guess on. This goddamn 70s, they knew what time it is. They know what kind of motherfucking power they had to just say, look, oh, get the law. Get the law. Get the law. Then when you start reading it, you know, the, the, she, she's giving out the accounts of what exactly what's going on, man. Bill getting, Bill getting rape charges for brushing up against motherfucking broads, man. Goddamn. I said, goddamn, this is a lot of shit, man. Right here, man, but I'm uh, glad the queen, she just came out and just put in perspective a lot of the situation. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so and not to, big, not to uh, be somebody for or against Bill. This ain't for or against Bill. This is the understanding of the law. And I'm for that black sister whooping the cracker ass in the courtroom. I don't give a fuck what the charges is. Whoop the cracker ass, get black folk free. And brother, point if I could, Alan, what you were saying for a minute. We 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 talk a lot on this show about misdirection, and if you notice, that's exactly what's going on regarding the Bill Cosby's case being so getting so much public exposure, and it's misdirection because, as Amos was to say, they always they look at this shit for what it is. In America, you have to look at things backwards, or opposite. So even even the term justice, for example, so European, you know. You would think that the law will be more or less focused on the justice that needs to be handed down to Tamir Rice and a lot of other cases that's been, you know, not getting any indictments, you know, cerebral and so forth. And for them to, you know, to really, really, really hand off indictment charges towards Bill Cosby to show you where the energy is going. It's misdirection. You see what I'm saying? 
And I think we need to really be peeping what's going on right now. I mean, we just passed over a few holidays. And, you know, I just want to put this in there. You know, we need to recognize that Obama is not African. He's more or less encompassed with Jewish tradition. And if you break down Jewish tradition, you really look at what they what they celebrate during Hanukkah, you know what I'm saying, and Passover. And I believe then Passover just passed, brother? Now, Passover is Jews celebrating the deaths of Egyptian children, right? Because according to their tradition, God told them to mark some above their door. But to make a long story short, they took the firstborns of all the Egyptians, right? Yeah. And they celebrate that. And when you look at it like that, that means that they, you know, they're in the business really of not only killing firstborns, but killing young black males, killing those descendants who are Egyptians. You see what I'm saying? But they're still following their, 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 their uh, psychotic tradition to this day. Yeah, no, you're totally correct on that. Totally agree with that. That they're not, you know, when we're dealing with when we dealing with the understanding of the Khazars, Khazars aren't the people who talk the religion. They live their theology. So if they murdering you then, they sacrificing you then, they they still on the same thing now because they they should roll like whatever was yesterday is still today. You know, back and forth for that. That's a very interesting point right there, Brother Mikhara. Right. Because, I mean, not only not only we can we can use we can use another examples, but with the make you know when you look at most of the deities that come from their tradition, they're gods of child sacrifice, and we just need to focus on that because a lot of people are still following them, them sick traditions, them religious perversions to some extent. We need to be very mindful of that, and, and that's what's going on right now. Right now, I mean, Manulak is the god of child sacrifice. And they used to offer uh, 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 burning offerings towards him. And when you get to understanding, you know, I mean, out of all the victories that Jehovah won, why are they celebrating the last plague that was allegedly put a place upon Egypt with, with, with them killing all the firstborn? Why the firstborn males? You see what I'm saying? You'll see this off for the rabbit hole because the first. The firstborn male is going to be the one who passed on the message of his father. And you know, so we got yeah. yeah, go ahead, brother. I, I was just going, you know, I'm just thinking about what you just said about the first first male, and that just still it goes along also with the ideology of genetic annihilation, because it was it wasn't only you know when we're looking at the Khazar, we could see that it he created the story in order to keep the context. Well, what was the differences between us? So exactly. That, yeah, so, you know, just think about the firstborn, the murder, the murdering of the firstborn is just the murdering of, of the African man in general is the thing that's in the book that it just shows you how racist white supremacist thoughts was right there. The ideology is placed right there in the middle of the book. Mm-hmm. Culture is very important, above born. I mean, today we're focusing on news, but we got to also know that culture is the filter from all information in any given society. And we, we don't live in civilizations no more. We, give, we live in societies. And societies are dominated by a structured ideology, whereas you got civilizations that are really organized upon the rule of how these people have a commonality in being civil towards one another. 
you mostly find civilizations along rivers and stuff like that where there's a greed effort upon a uh, given effort upon a resource, for example, you know, but we're talking about societies, and these societies are shaped and molded by certain ideologies, you know what I mean, and the culture is the, the culture is the culture is the filter for interpretation of all information, or there be news we can discuss tonight, and what our enemies consider to be tangible news, and what we consider to be news is two different things, you know what I mean. And even the understanding of it, that's what also goes along with the culture, because we can get two fucking two of the same news articles and have a totally different assessment of what's going on in the situation. Exactly. You know, and that's why sometimes we might go over news stories that might seem like they mainstream news stories. But when you hear the African breakdown of it, it's a totally different story because we're dealing with a different context, always a different context. Hmm. So with, with that being said, you know, um, oh man, hold on, hold on. Open this up so we can get past the, let me get, we're going to get past the cracker, the cracker nonsense. We're going to get past the cracker nonsense early in the show. We'll get to our own news. But this, we want to get to this because it's been pumping and everybody and everybody, you know, all over God, God, over God, look at the white man, look at what he's doing, they ain't killing us, you know, uh, I mean, they ain't killing them white people, they didn't go and shoot them down, if it was us, they'll do this to us, and, and I just want black people to understand that it's not about if it was us, first of all, we not white people, so let's not compare our, our, um, our battle with their battle. One thing that I would like to tell us, though, as black people, is that you should see this, not look at it and say, why not? We should be uh, encouraging it to happen. We shouldn't be looking at it as though, look, see, we could do that too. Uh, look at, look at, uh, just, you know, how is this going on? We should be looking and saying, you know what? If you did, all, all white people, go to Oregon. Go, hurry up. Get out there. Get out there. People telling me, well, look, man, you know it was Native American land, and I see that the and I, I looked at, I did some research and seen that they made a treaty with the Native Americans, then they took the land, made half of it, uh, not half, a portion, a piece, a sliver, they turned into a reservation, then took uh, uh almost a million acres and turned that into a refuge for, for crackers that don't nobody really even be out there. They just took the land from the people and pushed them over to a little small sliver. So they're like, you know what, well, that's Indian land. right, man still in Indian land now. I, I, that's not, that don't got nothing to do with us. White man still in Indian land. If they blow Oregon off the map right now, if they blew Oregon off the map tonight, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know if they blew it off the motherfucking map. How many black people live in Oregon? Three? Port, oh, no, Portland. They got, oh, no, they got Portland there. I forgot. My bad. They got the basketball team. That's how many people live there. How many people on the basketball team, and they wives and children. There's all the niggas in Portland. So, I'm just, and I'm just getting into this because I want y'all to understand that Portland was Granted statehood in 1859. This 
this was one of the last cracker bastions. You understand? See, back in back in the day when I was in school, they used to have us do this game right on a computer called the Oregon Trail. And now that I'm older, I can, I'm like, damn, what the fuck? But it was they was giving settlers, you know, come on now here to Oregon, settle Oregon. You have to play the little game, and you have to live moving all the way from the East Coast. All the way to Oregon, you be, you be coming from like Virginia, going all the way to Oregon and shit. You know what I mean? And so it was founded as one of the last places to, to um, you know, matter of fact, all the way up to fucking 1926, it was illegal for black people to move to Oregon. You understand this? That shit was illegal. That's how much we shouldn't even be giving a fuck about what they're doing out there. That shit was illegal for your ass to live there, 1926. No joke. You know what I mean? Um, they just, you know, they just been a cracker, been a real, real crackery type of place. You know what I mean? For, for who knows how long? It, it's like I said, since they was founded, 1859, it's been nothing but white people out there. You know what I mean? Like I said, thousands and thousands of people went out there because it was, you know, they was, it was um. That shit was like, uh, what, what you call that shit? It was like a, a utopia. You know what I mean? It was, a, it was a utopia because it was just like, uh, it was just some land out there. It was just wild land. They had natives out there, but they was out there, like I said, they was out there killing the natives all the way up to like 18. Well, they was killing the natives all the way up to the 1900s, basically. But when they pushed them off the reservations in like the uh, 18. 1865, around the same time that we, you know, about 1865, same time we supposed to be getting free, they started really pushing them, pushing them into certain pockets and corners of there. So, with that being said, you know, slaves were still out there uh, for a long time. You know what I mean, they had slavery going on out there, but as I said, once they founded it in 1859 as a as a state, though so they um, disallowed for Africans to move there. Like, you couldn't legally be a free person there. You know what I mean? That shit wasn't going to happen. If you was a slave, then you could stay slaving, but you couldn't come there in no other capacity. And they'd be, and they'd be out there beating beating your ass. If you got caught, they was, they was out there flogging some niggas. So y'all know what flogging is. And if not, we're going to get the, I'll get the, I'll make sure I get you a good definition of what it is to flog. Which is really just a, just another term for ass whooping. So uh, this is why I just want to tell you just a little bit about that uh, beginning, beginning, and I'm going to read you what it say about these crackers. Um, read what it say in the in the uh, Constitution of Oregon. Now the Constitution of Oregon saying Article One, Section Thirty Five. It say no free Negro or mulatto not residing in the state at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall come, reside, or be within this state, or hold any real estate, or make any contract, or maintain any suit therein, and the legislative assembly shall provide by penal law for the removal by public officers of all such Negroes and mulattoes for their effectual exclusion from the state and for the punishment of persons who shall bring them into the state or employ or harbor them. So now you understand this was supposed to be the last of the pure cracker state. So y'all don't cry too hard for what the hell's going on out there. You understand? You should, 
you know, I know I know some of y'all done got y'all stuff together. That's why y'all don't want y'all don't want no outright brawling going on. Y'all don't want it to be no outright civil war going on. So y'all like, oh, yeah, let's get them out of there. But me personally, this is what it is. Gonna pop off at some point in time anyway. Yeah, I'm waiting on the shots to be fired. Yeah, I'm right. We we waiting on the shots to be fired. That's what I want. Why don't white crime is a good thing? I say. Now, so I just wanted to put that in real quick about Oregon. Give y'all just a little history on Oregon, just to let you know that this is this ain't no place that we should be really, you know. Um, really, really so concerned about. You know what I mean? You know, well, it ain't nothing we should really be concerned about. You know, them, them other day, you know, when they got the 14th Amendment and all that stuff, they didn't even ratify that to 1973. They right after, you know, they right before Mississippi. Look, you talking about a, a real cracker state? That's Oregon. Now, one of the native tribes up there by Seattle, um, I can't think of the chief's name, um, but the chief of Seattle has a good document, uh, uh, documented, uh, uh, um, his, they documented a conversation he had with the Europeans when they came over, quote, asking to buy land. And the, the concept was so new to the, and foreign to the, um, the Seattle chief that he was like, how do you, you know, basically it show you how different they, you know, the context is was on how they view life and nature because the, the 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 Native American chief was like basically so many words, you know what I mean? How do you buy or sell the land? You don't own it. How do you how do you sell the crispness, the freshness of the water? You know what I'm saying? The 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 the, the, the woods are our brother, and we give we give kindness to it like we give anybody else. You know what I mean? But he gave reference to the white man. You know what I'm saying? He said the white man. Just all he does is take, you know what I mean? You got to really listen to it, family. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I listen to it coming from a, um, let me see if I can find this speech right quick. Hold on, family. Give me a little minute. If you find it, put it in the room. I'll take it, throw it into the group. And so the people who are online or whatever, you could go to the feet on the ground group. And they'd be, they'd be sitting in there. But if anybody, if any family on the line got anything they want to add on about Oregon, things that they see there, you know, um, you know how they feel about it. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that everybody understands what what went on. I'll just briefly go over. You know, the uh, the a federal building on uh, on a on a wildlife preserve in Oregon was taken over by over 150 quote unquote militia, white armed militia, and after after um, what happened was they, they did this in response to uh, the federal government picking up two other crackers who they had burned land. And what was going on was that they, they burned land illegally. They was burning the land because they didn't want the government as, as, how, the, as how the court case played out. The court case played out is that they was burning the land illegally because they was poaching on the land illegally. The crackers claimed that they was burning, they was doing a burn line so to stop wildfires from getting on their land. They went to trial, lost trial, and was supposed to get five years apiece. 
it went back. The state judge said that too much time gave the youngest, the young, the younger arm cracker, the son, gave him a year, gave the father four months, I believe. I might be wrong on that. It might be three months he gave him. But he gave him either four or three months. They did their time three years ago. Now the feds pick it up. It's like, hold up, man. They ain't doing enough time. Oh, we locking them crackers up. They was guilty, and they were supposed to get five years apiece. Y'all doing some slick shit here and done retracted on what we said, but the minimum is five years, period. That's our goddamn flatline. We're not playing this, you give them what you feel like. Brought them back in and locked them back up and tell them, listen, man, y'all got to do this. Y'all got to do this time, man. Y'all got to do five. You doing five. He's doing five minus whatever time y'all already spent in jail. And now the crackers is up in the roar as though that they was wrong with something. When really, what the fuck? Them crackers supposed to be locked the fuck up. They broke the goddamn law. So now, you know, to me, anyway, they broke the goddamn law. And if y'all want to be law-abiding citizens, then get locked the fuck up like law-abiding citizens do. Well, Shane, I, I feel like a lot can be learned from this, you know, from our people who looking at this case. I mean, you just got to look at it for what it is. Take motherfucking notes. Mm-hmm. Huh? It, it's a good lesson for people that's on the fence. That, that they always say uh, white people get the same treatment. Now they can look at this. I mean, there's no surprise to me. I'm not surprised the way it's going down, but those African people living here in America that's on the fence, mm-hmm. thinking we get treated the same way, now you can see. Mm-hmm. Now, you're right about that, Brother Yami. That's one of the things that I, I definitely tell people about a lot of the stuff that goes on is that, listen, we got to use it the same way that the Caucasians use it, as proper propaganda to put it in a look look black people you see this how did how are these white people over there they took over this you know what i mean if you want to use that but i don't use the, I, I would use the um the race thing with tamir rice stuff like that you see how you get killed cop don't get indicted look don't you got a cousin locked up right now because somebody just said that he did something he locked up he in jail you got videotaped him doing it you know what I'm saying? You, you're right about that. You you always got to use these things as the best teaching tools as possible. Yep. And then while your ass out here holding signs, you know what I'm saying, and the motherfucking cracker going in there, they taking the shit. I mean, that's where I was getting it. Nothing right about that. You right? No, that's, a, that's definitely a good point. That's definitely a good point. They found land. And this is the thing about it. they found land where ain't nobody at, right? Ain't nobody out there. They held like the building that they took over. They like it's a federal building, federal building. People saying this shit. This shit is like a, you know, I know most of y'all seen it. It's it's not. It's a federal building because it's on land. And anything that's on that land is a federal building. But it's not a federal building like you would think about the Pentagon or no shit like that. This ain't federal like that, like a, like the federal building where you go get your social security and shit like that. This ain't that type of federal building. It's just a federal building because it's out there on federal land. This is basically a little bungalow spot 
that the Rangers be chilling at when they at work. You can come, you can get your little pamphlet. If you come out there to visit, it's like the, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the uh, like the, the, the tourist shop, information place. It's the information shop right there where everybody comes, you know, you might want to warm up a little bit and all that. This is where the people go. And wasn't nobody there when they took it over at all because it was the holiday weekend had just passed. So they just walk on. They didn't take nothing over. They just walked on and didn't leave. But what's yeah, the point? Oh, no, I heard more than one person. That's my bad, Queen. Go ahead, Queen. No, go ahead, Queen. No, nah, Queen, because I got a question. No, nah, I was just going to say I was, uh, that was kind of disappointing, you know, because I was like, is this going to be good, you know? So I go watch YouTube video. I'm like, what the, what the fuck is this? Man. I said, where is that at? You know, I'm looking for the building. Where, where the hell is the building at? But they took over. You would have thought, listening to the reports, you would have thought they took over a motherfucking building. It was hostages. They shut shit down, kicked people the fuck out. At a building, at a real building, you think the building got a couple floors. You're looking for three, four floors at least. Concrete. It's a wooden, it's a wooden outhouse structure. But that, that's what I don't understand. What, what was the point of taking that building? What, 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 you know, because I haven't. I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't read no articles on it, and I haven't paid no attention to the news in regarding to this shit here. Now, from looking at it. I'm, I'm saying now, I'm, I'm going to say from looking at it, looking at the reports. And remember that I'm saying this is looking at the reports. This ain't Brother Born analyzing it, but just looking at the reports and just giving you what I see on the cover. Is that they was all there. They come in from different places. They ain't got no place to be anyway. So, y'all, what the hell, where the fuck can we go? Well, you know. Two, three miles up the road, you know, 10, 15 miles up the road, maybe 10 at the most, 10 miles up the road at the most. Man, you know, it's a goddamn little spot out here, little motherfucking um, wilderness, uh, wildlife preserve, man. And shit, man, y'all got all your camping gear. Where we going to be at? Because we already bought 70 deep from out of goddamn town. We're going to take that some bitch over. We're going to take, take that some bitch got running water. Then we can camp out. You know, you got a bunch of old army motherfucking veterans and shit there. You got but are, are they homeless? Nah, these is motherfucking militia. So, now, but, that's what I. That's what I'm trying to understand. But I understand, brother. Boom, what, what's the point of this? Now, just see the point for them being there is because they want to enact justice. Because these two farmers who was unjustly, um, this is what, you know from this, that perspective. What I'm seeing, what they're saying is that these two farmers was unjust unjustly re-locked up, that the state gave them some time. They did their time. And it's not their fault that the state didn't give them the mandatory time and make them do it. It's the state's fault. So the feds shouldn't have a right. They overstepping their boundaries by coming into the state and overdoing what the state did and then calling them people back into jail three years later. That that's wrong, and that's against freedom, justice, and the American constitutional way. And we're going to fight for them. Mm. No, they didn't. 
did. That's what. That's how the. This is how. This is how it's being given out over the white. Over. I'm saying like. I'm not saying like the CNN and I'm just saying like white media, regular cracker media. This is you know the militia, militia news and all that shit. This is how they giving up the, the storm. That this is why they're there because they're tired of America or the feds just trampling over the American citizens and they're gonna have to take a stance at some point in time. Okay, you know that's interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, one. Then you can't be saying you're upholding the Constitution if you got a problem with the federal, because the Constitution ain't state; it's federal. Okay. Um, two, I find it very interesting that they can have a problem with uh, motherfuckers that was rightfully uh, locked up, the beast, and uh, okay, they fucked up and they want to relock them. Shit, I'm I'm a representative of. African men and women that are languishing in prisons for over decades for never committing a crime. That crackers like these are live when the evidence showed they didn't commit the crime, found them guilty. Matula Shakur, off the top, thanks to the Queen having me look at the Black Panther joint again. You know, mad people. So, you know, uh, maybe we need to, see, I don't want to say, we need to go there like this because I'm also suspicious about it. Because when you had mentioned it, I, I was I found it very curious that the few uh, news media outlets that I glanced online in relationship to this, like uh, the Pacifica joint on my side is WBAI Democracy Now, that the heading and these are just white crackers though. The heading is that you know uh, what these crackers are doing, and that if this was black people, what would happen? I find that very peculiar. Exactly. That's what they're doing now. Yo, the news is saying this. I've seen an article. From, right. Uh, I can't remember right. what newspaper, but the news is coming out with these regular, like, mainstream media. But if this was black people, what would happen? What the fuck? The goddamn, what the fuck? Brother, look, we need Brother Little. Brother Little, we don't have to, we don't have to bring this topic up again, because Brother Little, he worked in that industry, man. He can see something different than we can see. When they say it, when they, when they do that shit right there. You feel me? Well, okay. That's real with Brother Little Expertise. But as a layperson, just going off what you had throughout there a couple of days ago, and it's in the back of my mind, that it's problematic for white news media to be saying, well, if this was black people, what happened? So then you're that statement means you're acknowledging this white racist society, and you have done nothing about it. As an American that's supposed to uphold the Constitution, knowing that white racist society is breaking the Constitution. How the fuck white, you know what I'm saying? How, how you telling me this? Y'all, they need to do that, yeah. Because, but see, now this, no, this is what the white man, no, look, look, no, but on the, on the thing, this is what they give it, they say they got the constitutional right to do that because the Constitution states that any time that your government becomes tyrannical, then you got a right to form an armed militia and goddamn go to go at it with these some bitches and change the laws that you think is tyrannical. It, it's, it's almost like they're planting, planting a thought in people's heads. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, mm-hmm. You know, you know it. <coughs> Come on, you try it too, black folk. 
that's called it's called Hegelian dialect, family. Hegelian dialect. You gotta have both extreme sides to get the motherfuckers to uh, to get the sheep where you want them to go. See, you gotta yeah. you gotta yeah. make this noise on the left side so they don't go too far left. Make a lot of noise on the right so they don't go too far right. And you go straight down the pipe where I want you to go. Right in the middle. When you should go ahead and pick a side. Fuck it. Well, we shouldn't be predictable. And uh, the thing is, is that that shit needs to be thrown right back at the cracker media that's putting that shit out there. Like the Democracy Now! Amy Goodman types. Y'all been on this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? How how you going to say now, what what if this was black people? All you crackers... That, that's why I got a problem with white people. I cannot, I don't care. I don't want to hear nothing because every goddamn white person participates in the continuation of white supremacy and our oppression. That's just real. And for you to be out here on a, a, a media, community radio type shit, and you liberal and, you, you know, you're not supposed to be racist, you're saying, oh, this was black people. God damn it, cracker, you ain't been doing your job. Amy, y'all ain't been doing your motherfucking job because you're acknowledging we're in a, a society that is breaking the Constitution in relationship to black people. You know, we're going by the lie that it applies we know the reality it don't. But still, but still. But you sitting there perpetuating it. Because you admitted racist right now. This ain't but, the first time. So what you had the... The, the Ruby Red shit, you had the Waco shit. That's not the first time. No, it's not the first time. Oh, that's what they're saying, though. See, that's what. Now look, yo, this is what the fucking the white the white media is saying that they don't want to have the same type of thing like Waco. So they bunkering down. Listen, man, they calling in people from all over. They say, come on, y'all, come on, in. But we ain't gonna have the same thing go down like Waco. We ain't gonna have the feds come in here and bum rush us like that. Won't be none of that. Not this time. Even though you're breaking the law. Even though the crack is pedophile rapist David Caressa breaking the law, raping, abusing children, and all that shit. Mhm. But what else came after uh, Waco? Was the uh, Oklahoma City bombing? Because mm-hmm. the uh, the cracker that, that uh, the cracker went there. He got pissed off, you know what I'm saying, about what was going down, what they did in Waco, and he went and planned that. Oh, now we're talking about that Oklahoma a little uh, another time, because that right there, I'm doubting I'm doubt the, the cracker very hard on his truck bomb, U-Haul rider, his rider truck bomb, blowing the whole face off a motherfucking federal building, got them like seven stories high, a bomb outside of the motherfucking building. That shit is, they got a lot of explaining to do. They got a lot of, that shit looking like a lot of 9-11 going on up here. Early 9-11 going on in Oklahoma City. We got to always I think that. That's what I'm telling you. That's first, first suspect for any bombing or anything that you would call a terrorist act is the government its own self. That's prime suspect number one because history is best qualified to reward all your research. Who does all of this shit anyway? Go back. Who did it? When did 
When did they start knowing that you could do this without no doubt, period, and during this time? It was during the 20th century when Hitler burned the rice tag, and they found out, yes, this works, period. We know it works. You see this? We going to war, goddammit. He burned his own people up to cause the goddamn war. And they had a war on the citizens from Oklahoma as Oklahoma. But as I said, the Oregon thing is very, you know, it's something that uh, should, you know, look at it, analyze it, but ask, you know, ask yourself the proper question and, and, as Brother Little said, yeah, it is a push because listening to the listening to what you said, Sister Camille, about that about that um article that Amy Gutman put out and that, you know, that's just that is as Brother Little said, that's you know, that's pressing the that's pressing the people to one side or the other, so you stuck in that state of motherfucking confusion where you ain't gonna decide. Sitting in the valley of decision. We need to, um, you know, again, it's just more, uh, if you're confused as an African about your place in this society, this is another slap in your face telling you, telling you, you're not a part of this, white people will never change, this is a racist society, and it's only going to change one way. And so, white power to that. You know, I got this article to put in. Come on, article, pull up, pull up. We're gonna we're gonna hit off into some African news, get some African views, and y'all, you know, we're gonna give a uh, uh, a salute real quick. Meet the women. We got this article off uh, Al Jazeera. Shout to Brother Minkara. Meet the women freeing freeing Mauritanian slaves. Uh. In a country where slavery can be be as much a psychological state as a physical one, Salamat Salam tackles it holistically. When I get off the plane at the Nauchat International Airport, I had just flown over miles and miles of the Sahara Desert, looking out the airplane window at so much endless timeless sand that the dunes seemed to my mind like white caps on an ocean. When I got off the plane on Nauchat International Airport, I was landing in a country wholly apart from the place where which I come. Mauritania and Western Africa is the closest kind of country, an Islamic republic with unpaid roles and street corner money changes. It is a country that only got its first work at ATM in 2004, a country whose television and radio stations are entirely state-owned, a country where, according to UNESCO, 67% of adult, of adult females can neither read nor write. At the airport, I looked around and found that I was the only woman there since I was there conducting research for my novel. These female protagonist is an escaped slave who hails from the Mauritanian desert. I found myself wondering where this country, where this country's women were and hoping to meet one who would offer me an insight into the place and its people. I soon discovered the woman I was looking for, Salamat Salam, the backbone of anti-slavery. Lam is a slim woman of average height and an elegant movement. She was dressed on the day I met her in a powder blue mulapa, the traditional dress of Mauritania. With her soft voice and beatific smile, she might be described as a present. 
Lam is the national coordinator for the SOS Esclaves, a Mauritanian association dedicated to fighting modern-day slavery. It is arguably the country's premier anti-slavery organization, founded in 1995 by Bubakar Ud Masad, a dynamic former lawyer who is widely regarded as the grand peer of the abolitionist movement. But Lam is modest and says of her work, the commitment and trust in the correctness of what one is doing will always give you the courage to do and continue. Sarah Matthewson, the Africa Program Coordinator of Anti-Slavery International, which works with the SOS Esclaves to combat slavery, is a little more forthcoming about just what Islam contributes. She is the backbone of the SOS Esclaves. She runs the project in a very quiet way behind the scenes. She is very committed to the victims and the work. We can never raise enough money for the salary she deserves, but she just carries on working all kinds of hours, making all sorts of personal sacrifices to do this work she believes in. <clears throat> Mom's passion for justice is an asset to a country with a higher prevalence of modern slavery than any other on the planet, according to Walk Free Foundation's Global Slavery Index. Mauritania, with its population of just, of just 3.8 million, has between 140,000 and 160,000 slaves. That's about 4% of the population. And it, and it is, according to many organizations, including LAMS, a rather conservative estimate, they point to a figure closer to 15%. But slaves are hard to count in a country whose landscape is covered by a drought, by the drought wrong ever expanded Sahara, even as it is slaves who perform the desert economy's most demanding work. When Lam introduced me to a recently escaped family of slaves, I learned that the young children in the family had been made to herd camels, an especially arduous job in this harsh climate. And it isn't just the landscape that makes quantifying this problem so difficult. Owing to the caste-based nature of Mauritanian slavery, it also takes on a psychological element. Mauritanians tend to be born into vocations, and slave is one of them. No word. No words feel necessary to describe a condition accepted by so many of those who are born into it, and slaves do not always readily identify themselves as such. What is more, the Mauritanian, oh, let me read that again. No words feel necessary to describe a condition accepted by so many of those who are born into it, and slaves do not always readily identify themselves as such. What is more, the Mauritanian government itself maintains a stance of quiet denial regarding the scourge that flourishes within its borders. In 1981, the government became the last in the world to abolish slavery, but slave-owning did not become a punishable offense until 2007. In August of this year, thanks to the efforts of anti-slavery activists such as Lamb, the country doubled the prison term for offenders from 10 to 20 years and criminalized the 10 other forms of slavery, including forced marriage. Lam notes, however, that to date only one slaveholder has been conclusively prosecuted for owning slaves in November 2011 after two boys. Hold up, hold on, let me slow down. Lam notes, however, that to date only one slaveholder has been conclusively prosecuted for owning slaves in November 2011 after two boys aged 10 and 12 escaped confinement and turned to the initiative for the resurgence of the abolitionist movement, the IRA. The IRA directed the boys to SOS Esclaves, who took the case to court and the two boys were able to testify against the man who had held them. It is not uncommon for slaves to hold that Matthewson's cause of perverse loyalty. 
to their masters who exert psychological as well as physical control over them, and the boy's mother actually testified on behalf of the slaveholders. Nonetheless, let's read that again. That needs to be read again. It is not uncommon for slaves to hold what Mathesons calls a perverse loyalty to their masters who exert psychological as well as physical control over them, and the boy's mother actually testified on behalf of the slaveholder. Nonetheless, the slaveholder was convicted that December and served four months of a two-year sentence before being released on bail pending an appeal. That appeal has never taken place, though Anti-Slavery International is part of a coalition that plans to take the case to regional court. The boys are under... The boys are now under the care of SOS Esclaves, although their mother remains a slave. A handful of other cases have been brought to court and charged with lesser crimes, such as exploiting a minor or kidnapping, but none, but not one of them has seen any jail time, which stands in stark contrast to some of the anti-slavery activists. According to the law, she and her colleagues are often followed by Mauritanian government operatives, and in November 2014, three anti-slavery activists, Baram Da'abi, Barak, Brahim Balaw Ramdan, and Dijibi Soul, uh, oh, Soul were convicted of membership in, a, in an unrecognized organization taking part in an unauthorized assembly failing to comply with police orders and resisting arrest. It is not the first time such high-profile activists, such high-profile activists have been arrested in the country with a history of detaining and intimidating anti-slavery campaigners. All right. Uh, a holistic fight against social injustice. Now, listen. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, family. I want to read every every word. Let me make sure I'm make sure I'm right. See how. Yeah. All right, a holistic fight against social injustice. It is Ramadan when I visit, and the temperature in Nakhchad is risen to its tip, typical. Hold on, we don't need to read all of that. When Lon picks me up from my hotel to take me by taxi to the office of the SOS Esclaves. We are in an unassuming white concrete building in a rather quiet part of the city. I quickly learned that she is exactly the kind of person who will overwater before I feel the need to ask about it. All right. All right. SOS Oscar, she explains, fights for the eradication of slavery through familial descent. We provide recourse for slaves and former slaves, and we raise community awareness about the laws against slavery and the rights of people under the law. We make pleas to policymakers to improve the laws in their application. We also provide legal assistance to victims seeking redress. But Lam in a position at SOS Esclaves does so much more than that. She helps people holistically from the inside out. We we arrive um, at the Esclaves offices. That are tucked away on a side street in the capital city, we find a man sweeping the entrance. He's dressed in a right. he's dressed in a polo shirt and slacks. Um, he was a slave, Long tells me, as we head upstairs to our office. I am shocked that this man with the carefree aura of someone who has spent a lifetime untouched by tra- tragedy was once a slave. He is 
one of my former slaves who, who live, whose lives have been transformed by the job training that law coordinates. At SOS Oscillos, former slaves can learn to style hair, dye clothes, tailor, and cook. Such job training is essential in the caste-based Mauritanian economy, where former slaves often find that once they've escaped, there's no competing in a job market where employment is so firmly bound to ancestry. Bob's comprehensive approach to helping people transition from slavery to freedom seems entirely appropriate for someone who has long been about the business of assisting others. She enjoyed what she calls a very happy childhood in the village of Bogie, which is in the Brockness region of southern Mauritania, along the Senegal River, and says of her paternal grandparents who housed and educated her, they made me what I am today. In 1968, Lon succeeded in entering her sixth the first year of secondary school under the French educational system at the College de jean and made the move 317 kilometers north to Nocturne to attend. It was as a young student that she canvassed the uh, movement National Democratique, which was founded in 1968 as semi-clandestine organization with a left-wing agenda that opposed the domestic policies and foreign alignments of their president, Oldu Dada. I learned to fight against social injustices then. She says, the years passed, but watching social disparities did not desensitize me. I realized that it is only in the defense of human rights that I could find my place despite the risk. She started her career teaching the blind and then moved on to other kinds of human rights, rights work. Along the way, she had four children of her own, two sons and two daughters. When I asked how she managed to balance career and family, she remains modest. Like so many women, she says, I simply try to fulfill my responsibilities and, work, and my work responsibilities without, without one infringing on the other. In 2010, she was recruited for the post of National Coordinator of SOS Esclaves and happily accepted. This work, she says, put me in direct contact with victims of slavery, particularly with women and children who experienced a lot of violence and deprivation. They need much accompaniment and support. Even if slavery... It's hard for the Mauritanian government to quantify. Hold up, born free. Even if slavery is hard to, for the Mauritanian government to quantify and punish, it, is, it isn't invisible. It is everywhere you look. If you know what you're looking for, it is there in a darker-skinned woman who sits outside the tent beside a stove while a lighter-skinned family sits inside fanning themselves. It is in everything you hear if you know what to listen for. The young girl no older than 10 who hangs laundry on the roof all morning long then goes back inside only to her to be only to be heard screaming a few moments later as though she is being beaten. In the late afternoon, I'm driven from the offices of SOS and Esclaves to a tent on the outskirts of Nocturne. There I meet a woman who has escaped slavery with her eight children, some of whom were fathered by her master, all of whom are the product of race. One of the women's children, a sickly girl who looks to be around six or seven years of six or seven years of one of my own children collapsed and sit in a fit of coughing. All eight of the children gathered and sit on the tents for fear matters to unlock my girls. Unlike my girls, they are perfectly still and perfectly quiet. I asked if I can take a photograph, and they obliged. I closed my eyes and hear the wind gathering in the sand. I opened my eyes and wondered there is no obvious, there's obviously no pumping, no outhouse. They are bathing, how, how they are bathing and where they go to the toilet.
Bomb had arranged for an English-speaking student from the university to accompany me on a visit, and the happy, sweeping man has come along, too. He starts speaking to me in a Hacienda Arabic, and the students begin translating. It turns out that the happy sweeper is an escaped woman's brother. He shares their story. After his own escape, he began searching for her. He says, but the local government and her region claim they had no record of her existence. Various embassies, emissaries from SOS and SCLAS, including Bobakar, Massad himself traveled north in search of the woman, but no one could find her in the vast network of dunes and scarps that make up the northern part of the country. Rural Mauritania tend to be nomadic, and given the vast area of desert that the search had to cover, no one would have been surprised if it had been abandoned. But the woman's brother persisted. When the man's sister was eventually found, she was eight months pregnant. She delivered her baby just after escaping in the city between the site of her rescue and Nakshat. The baby is sleeping, who is sleeping so profoundly as we speak is the first in her family born outside of slavery. I asked if I can hold her, and as I do, I breathe deeply of her sweetness as a black American. I'm not that many generations removed from slavery myself. Despite my gathering tears, I focus on the tiny gold earrings and her tiny, delicate ears, and I feel something for which there are no words in the English language. I feel what every slave in every place in all of history felt when he or she saw their first children born free. After a time, it is overwhelming. The tide of emotions takes such a physical form that I feel I might wake this dreaming baby. I hand her back to her mother and return to taking notes in my small, moleskin notebook. Later, as I leave the SOS office, I ask Lamb how I can help. The most notable, the most important outside aid, she tells me, is advocacy for significant changes in policy direction. Write to your own State Department. I think to myself, write to your senator. The work of activists and human rights defenders in Mauritania is a difficult job because one must do it all the time. We who defend human rights are investing a lot but faced with many obstacles on the ground but remains very meaningful work and there are always changes. There are no fewer slaves, but there is all the time a slave who becomes aware of his situation, who dreams of another life with freedom and dignity. He continues. <clears throat> all the fight in the world. Sun sinks as I tell Lam goodbye and go on to spend one of the most beautiful evenings of my life at the grand home of Massad, who is holding on. Uh, hold on. Uh, we are covered by a large version of one of the tents that are so customary here in Mauritania. It is cool white on its canvas underside, held up by steel columns that make it as expansive as a sail. Masada and his wife offer the course of delicious food, vegetables, uh, chicken that fall off the bone. The guest list for the evening is pure kindness. My translator, his friend, young female student from Mali. Um, after a day without food, I feel my body uh, singing. And all, the, all right. I get on a plane that following day and fly back over the sea of high dunes, but the moment I remember as a departure is my descent from a Sue's SUV. The moment I waved him salams and told him over the traditional morning chain and music he was playing in the tape deck that I wish SOS Oscars all the fight in the world. I walked through the packed sand of the road and gate of my hotel thinking about the work of Salamata Lam and how she uses her kindness to assist slaves in their transition from a life of black and white to a life in technicolor. I leave Mauritania so much more peacefully than I arrived because now I've seen that it's so very much 
there is so very much power in that affinity of sin. I've seen that there is so very much power in that affinity of sin. It might not sound, it don't sound right to me. If it sounds right to you, black power, that's the end of the article. Black power. Now, what are you saying? It's Mauritania. This is Mauritania. It's on the west coast of Africa. Right now. This this one of the, like, it's where the end of the Sudan, like, when you go in, it's like where the end of the Sudan is at. I mean, the end of the Sahara. Walking towards the, you know, coming from the east, going to the west. So we we know there's slavery, or people being enslaved in southern Sudan and Mauritania. Now, is this the Arabs that's doing that? The white Arabs? No, listen. This shit right now, well... You guys, you got, you got Arabs there, but this shit is, this shit is just the system. This shit is the system. It's black on black. It's, it's, they Islamicized, period. So it's just like having a white Arab there. You understand? You're know about to say that's that's Islam mafia, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's you know what, what they do. That's, that's the same shit that is. It's just like having a white Arab there. So that's basically the residue for fucking around with the religions of perversion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where the Moors at? Mm-hmm. The Moors, take me up. Over there slanging them for 1995. Slanging bodies for 1995. That's where they're at. They want to claim Morocco. What about Mauritania? Moor? I don't be more places no more. Things done change. You know, and you got to look at the insanity of the religion. You know, I haven't uh, broke down the Quran, but I have with the Bible. And the fact is, it justifies slavery. There's nothing wrong with it. So then you have to say, well, what kind of religion is righteous that justify in righteousness of, of the most extreme? What kind of God would have be co-sign a book that justifies such in, inhumanity and brutality and savagery? White man, God. Let tell you the nature of man. My God. It ain't listen, like though. I said, I'm a man. man. Telling me to slay him, I'll do it. This ain't right. Oh, wow. So basically, this is what the stuff happens when a people are oppressed for so long, they begin to imitate 
the behaviors of those that oppress them. So our peoples, you know, you know what I mean, they still, everybody's a fucking victim, you know what I'm saying? Even though you got victims victimizing victims, they all fucking victims. This is what happened when nigga don't get enough gumption to, to bang on the real beast. What Queen Mother says, what Sister Francis Cresswell is saying, the good doctor, hurt people hurt people. <laughs> I say. And, you know, the Arabs and the motherfuckers in, 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 in places of political power, they know what the fuck is going on, but they know they destabilize the nation so they can still use the Africans that's Arabized fucking with that bullshit. They can still use them to dominate and control regions and, and, and exploit the populace and the natural resources by these, these, these Sambo-ass Africans. So they don't step in and say shit because the shit's still working for them. And when they want to come get them a little queen or get them a little boy and freak off or whatever, they can still come in there and do it, still do the same shit and get rich at the same time. So a whole generation of the motherfuckers is going to have to be slaughtered the fuck off. The air buys Africans to the point where motherfuckers is not dealing with that shit no more. So I see why... Uh, you know what I'm saying? Sister Camille be saying, like, that shit just can't exist. Like, African liberation and religion, that perversion, they can't exist hand-in-hand because somewhere you're going to find that contradiction. Yes, indeed. They cannot exist hand-in-hand. You can't because it's diametrically opposite to, to you if you were African. All these religions are perversion. That's what they is. And you can just look at it from you start off with the mother, the, whatever you want to call it, Judaism, whatever the fuck is in the beginning book. And start off hating. My pal. My pal. I don't, I can't build no alliance with it. I can't build no alliance with somebody who say that. Fuck my grandmother. You know? My Thinking, Damn them stinking Africans. Fuck yo. We can't unify. How are we going to unify, man? We don't unify on that. I shake. can't unify on shit like that, man. And once, and once you take no religion of perversion, you rolling with that because your homeland is outside. It, it, look, man, if you still, okay, it might be the African plate, but that's way on the outskirts, way, way on the outskirts. How the hell is the homeland way on the outskirts of the motherland? I would be that close to the bullshit. I wouldn't be in here protected. So. When people say that shit, your homeland is either Jerusalem or Mecca. Nigga, pick, take your choice. Take a desert, nigga. Black power, fam. My fault. I got shut off. It's all good, though. Pick your desert. You know? If you're rolling with that, you got to just pick your desert. Jerusalem or Mecca. Which one, man? Get busy. That's going to make us enemies, because that ain't part of our... No, 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 we ain't wrong with that. 
we're looking at well, what is something that you know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to go back. Rashi said that she was a black woman and disclosed that was inside the article. That's on that version. Black power, you know, that means our goals are not the same. You know what I'm saying? We trying to go after Africa. This motherfucker trying to protect Mecca. I'm not finna lock up with somebody that, you know what I'm saying, believe the Quran is real because of the shit I done read in it myself. I, I take that personal. That's personal right there. It's a personal attack. Because hmm? it talks bad about the woman in there. Well, I can't imagine all my my children being the byproduct of rape. I mean, the fact that this, when the brother was reading it, I'm fucked up. I'm seeing visions from Goodbye Uncle Tom and shit out in red. And and, and I'm just saying, I mean, family, we do realize that, well, you know, I don't know what the future is going to bring. But so if 100 years from now we're still working on the BB-40 and it's not here and history is still being recorded, we do realize we will be recorded as those people who lived while this was going on. And I'm ashamed that I'm going to be a part of that history. I got to tell you that on some real shit. What the fuck that part is, like, you get a young black male in his sagging pants, some shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Your, your, your microphone, your microphone choppy, sound kind of muffled. Your mic kind of choppy, kind of muffled. I can't hear you, brother. Nah, brother, Cause Jesus can give all, nigga. 
Jesus forgives all, nigga. All you got to do is believe in him and you go to heaven, nigga. No. Becoming that motherfucker talking about uh, the Nile Valley and then have a blunt in your hand. Look what you just said. Nile Valley. Mickey Rogers talked about the Passover. They want to kill you. You need Jesus, nigga. You feel me? Listen, man. I deal with shit every day, man. That's perfect. These motherfuckers just now, just now celebrated coming out the killers. They celebrating this. Oh, man. Nah, you know know, that just, that just, that make what Sister Camille just said. Oh, oh. Look, the child own mother testified for the slave master. Now, listen, brother, why why I was on that point about to read that again, it is not uncommon for slaves to hold what Matthewson calls a perverse loyalty to their masters who exert psychological as well as physical control over them. And the boy's mother actually testified on behalf of the slaveholder. And he was convicted, and she's still a slave. I follow there you have it. What? I'm telling you, we some of the world life, man. I had to start. I had to come to that. I had to come to that realization, man. Because motherfuckers talking to me and just, and I'm saying they just angry, like angry, and I'm talking to my man. He like, man, what the fuck? And I'm like, yo, listen, listen, man. Matter of fact, it was the it was the fucking boxing coach. <laughs> He's like, yo, why the fuck they can't get it? Why do people can't get him? Why do they can't understand what the fuck is happening to him? What's going on? Jamaican dude. And I'm like, yo, man, it, I I hate, you know, and I want us to all be, but man, what the fuck? We fucked up. The people fucked the fuck up, man. Look, hold up. That's another point. We're talking about how we just don't even know that we slaves, man. Just, Another point. There's nothing else he said in here. That's what I be saying. Look, look Harriet Tubman couldn't free everybody. They didn't think they were slaves, nigga. But they got an excuse, though, kind of, Brother Little. Ain't you know no what I'm saying? Excuses, we're, we're, hold, no on. hold on, Brother Little. Hold on, Brother let me, let me Let me explain where I'm coming from, Brother, when I, when I say that. Because you, those people with the sister Harriet Tubman came out of their mother's womb, born and chattel enslavement, not allowed to read or write, treated worse than a goddamn cow or pig on wherever they was living in the shack. They were being sold here and there, Brother Little. They they got more of an excuse to be a mental slave than we got right now. That's where I'm coming from with it. That's just as pathetic all the way around. Got the Kraken have been here 6,000 years only. You've been here since day one on Earth. He dominated your ass. He didn't do it alone, brother. That's why we deal with the works, like Dr. Chancellor Williams, so that we know that's not the case. It don't matter how he did it alone. It's a matter of doing about the W or the L. That's all that matters. Well, that's what, listen, family. You're I right. understand that, and, and, and but it do matter. Before Wait, hold up. It do Wait, matter. To, to, to say, no, like, no, to, to say that, to, to say, well, to it me don't. it matter. It don't matter to you, but it matter to me. It don't to matter say to that, To say that, to make it like, oh, the crack is such a superhero. He conquered the greatest black people. Like, like there wasn't other factors involved. Nah, he just won some battles. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I ain't conceding the goddamn win. But the power. 
I can see the wind right now. Not yet. Not yet. Listen, man, you, you got to keep it going, running, nigga. Now, I can see battles. Running. I can see some ass whoopings. We done took some terrible ass whoopings on this motherfucking battlefield. But we ain't out of it yet. We still got some life in us, but we done took some terrible hella goddamn ass whoopings. It ain't been swinging back in a long motherfucking time. I can see to that. Totally. No, I'm not conceding that either because now there were people like Malcolm X, Dr. Khalid Muhammad, and Robert is, Moses. They're being advocates here fighting. So, you know, regardless, nobody has we ever experienced what we have experienced. No race of people have ever been enslaved for fucking hundreds of years. Now, I'm allowed to read a writer. They completely broke down whole fucking history of the story. Nobody. Nobody. So, I don't give a fuck. You ain't got none of the judges against. Ain't nobody done been through this shit that we done been through. And still going through. And it's amazing that we where we at. That's what we're doing, brother. That that's what the life of Dr. Francis Carl Swanson was about. That's what the life of Dr. Ben is about. That's what your life is about. That's what Brother Mikalar's life is about. The bomb, bro, Sister Makaya, Brother Tim, that, that's what the, the, the fuck this shit is about. Listen, man, the fuck the shit is bigger than me, no brown, like I say all the fuck time. You have all the emotions, all the feelings, all the shit you want. You got emotions and feelings, too. Ain't no, don't act like I'm the only one on here expressing emotions. You can have any idea you want to. When your enemy makes every goddamn weapon on the planet. I don't give a damn, brother. I don't care, brother. So what?
Brother Little, you on point, man. From your perspective, you right in a warrior. Hold on, brother. Go ahead, Jack. Jack. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> go ahead, brother. Nah, man. Hey, I'm telling you, man. Pussy shit is a fucking problem, nigga. Feel me? Pussy shit. Ain't nothing going to change to everybody who stop wanting to be a pussy. Period. You got five hard niggas ain't going to do shit because the pussy niggas going to sell them out. Black power. They going on since John the fucking time. Black power don't know about the John of time. Uh...
Where's that Nat Turner today? Where you ain't in them same kind of confinements. So then you have, you have to then go to the minded. Because if you can't tell me why I can get a Nat Turner in the 1800s, and when shit is lesser, I can't get one 2016, then we got to go to the mind. Black power. Nah, you got to go to the heart. Pussy. Uh, I'm a man. I know fellow men. I tell you all the time, nigga, they bitches. I you know, I tell you, I tell you, I agree with both of y'all. Niggas agree, and then you got a whole gang of niggas who don't know that they even motherfucking slaves. That's the fuck off. No matter how, no matter what, no matter what they say out their mouth, they still don't think they think that they the one who free from slavery. So they don't got, so it still ain't no reason to fight. So they think they the one free. Black power. Black power. I just said that what I said, brother boy. I, said I can name some. Right. I can name some some current day Nat Turners right now. Well, brother, I can't too on that level, but I think if you know what I'm talking about. In terms of Nat Turner running up on the plantation, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not looking for what what hundred men. I can name somebody. I can I can name somebody worse. I can name somebody worse than Nat Turner. Worse than Nat Turner, but you ain't gonna hear about him. Call Eugene Watts killed more crackers than Nat Turner did. Call Eugene Watts. They say killed over a hundred motherfuckers. The Sunday more. The Sunday more. The Sunday more slasher. True that. I was gonna show y'all earlier today. You ain't gonna hear about him. He killed, they, they didn't want to glorify that shit because they didn't want motherfuckers to look deeper and say, damn, because they was going to see that all his motherfucking victims look alike. He was killing crackers. I share, brother, and um, thanks to you, I know about that, brother. But when I'm, when, I, when I'm saying to Nat, when I'm referring to Nat Turner, let me make it clear. I'm talking about getting a group of brothers, as many as you can get, to overthrow the society. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes that, the needle in the haystack to. is the hardest to find. I mean, that's true too, but when I that, I'm just letting you know where I was coming from with that, when 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 I used that in that in relationship to the discussion I was having with Brother Lou. Well, what's what's the size of a recon? There were four men. Four, four men. When y'all go infiltrate, how many motherfuckers each nigga supposed to, or each man? I apologize. Each, each each person supposed to take out. Divide them up. You divide them up, right? Divide them up. But you said four men. Man. You don't need 20, 30 people, huh? No. Four killers, huh? No. I say. What was your position, Pops? I was a shooter. You a shooter? Yeah. What's the other three? Yeah, okay. All, all depends on how many targets you got. Okay. You got to add a scout. You got to add a motherfucking captain, nigga. You got to add a wait, nigga telling you wait, where wait, to go. Wait, 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 wait. Flankers? You talking army. There's a whole bunch of mothers in the Army. Marine Corps, you can't have without this no more. <laughs> okay? My whole company was 26 people. That's a company. That's a company. <laughs> and, and y'all split up in how many groups? Six groups? Four. Four-man groups. And you guys said 24 companies, four times six. Ain't, ain't, four, no, ain't no six, seven, one, one, two, three, four. Y'all going in the bush three months to four months. Three months to seven months. Three months, my bad. Three months to seven months. 
Take a certain type of motherfucker to break that type of. <laughs> well, what I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is, well, even 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 in military fashion, you do your best killing by that 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 concentration of of knowledge in that one, two, three, four, five individuals. A small company of twenty six, twenty seven could do the same as, as, as you know. You know what I'm trying to say? So in, in our in our BB forty eight, that same shit have to apply. You're not gonna hear about it. Each individual motherfucker, every hood got. I'm gonna use California tactics. That's what they're gonna be told me. Each gang, maybe. We'll just say average gang, whether it's a blood gang or quick gang. We're a blood gang, maybe a blood gang, maybe 300 deep. Out of that 300 deep blood gang, it's all, it may be 10 solid-ass killers. And it was those 10 killers alone who got that one set, the reputation it has now. You understand what I'm trying to say? I say. And I don't consider that good, good Phil Hill. I say. I don't consider that giving an illusion. I, call, I'll be a fool then for knowing. I know. That we can do just what you say. I know. Yeah, I know our plight is fucked up. And we are fucked up. But damn it, I can't help the fact that I see progress. Despite it all. I do too. You don't roll out to bed and be a sharpshooter. That's all I'm saying. Nobody not disagreeing with you, brother. But I, 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 the thing, like I said to you before, where I don't know if we are in line. Because I don't see doom. I don't see doom. And just because I don't see doom don't mean I'm uh, happy-go-lucky or uh, proud nine. I ain't understanding how real this is. That don't mean that. Nah, you see, you know why a cat fights so hard when it's backed up in the corner? Because it see doom. <laughs> That's what I'm talking That's what I'm on. If you so don't when see, you say you doom, know. do you mean that we can't win, brother? Well, is that I what mean, you that means you ain't immune to getting annihilated. Ain't no way. Okay, brother, I'm just asking you. I'm just asking you, brother. Do you see our people being able to win? Not like this. I don't think he. I don't think he. Not like this. Hold up. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead, brother. Not like this. The proof is in the pudding. No, I think he's saying that. Look. It ain't about if we can. It ain't about if we can win or not. It's about just looking at the situation and look. Our back in the motherfucking corner that we're going to have. That look, if not fighting, because there's no law out there that say that black people have to stay on the planet. So since there's no law on that, that say that, then at some point we're going to have to take onus of what's happening and get to fighting. Because if not, then we will be seeing ourselves taking off for the planet. Because we can see the fucking, we see how the situation is. We see us getting, we, we, this shit daily happening. Wow. Brother Bourne, seeing our people being able to win don't mean the opposite of that. And that's my life. And I don't think, see, I'm saying, you know I'm saying I, but I, I, I haven't heard, you, you, you've spoken for Brother Little. But well, I haven't heard Brother Little speak on it. Remember, I had told you before, I don't got pom-poms. Don't look at pom-poms for me, nigga. I'm going to tell you the real. Listen, dog. These motherfuckers out here, sharpshooting, sniping, nigga, they got their teams. They got their organization. You rolling off the bed. And you going to win? You going to beat Michael Jordan and you ain't even been practicing? All right. And you want me to co-sign that? Brother, but see, that's script. what you, that's you adding extra shit in now. You're assuming that somebody's talking about 
this happening right now, and then I'm going to say you are underestimating our people too on another level. Because nope, I ain't. We, we, we what I'm not doing is We all come out the hood, and we know that we grow up with a sense of. I tell you, I treat everybody like Mayweather. Listen, all I'm saying, brother, is nobody's saying that. Uh, I treat so, everybody so like Mayweather, and you deal so, with a What I don't know from you, brother Little, is I don't know how you hearing that when somebody is saying that we come from African warriors, that we can undo this, that, that we can uh, eventually get a BB Frodier. I don't know how when you hear that, you hear somebody saying, oh, we're going to roll out to bed tomorrow, never working out, never doing nothing, and practicing. As if every fucking cracker in the United States is doing that. You know, I don't think I don't think that y'all disagree with each other. I think that y'all disagree with how each other's saying some stuff. I'm telling you, I'm listening, and I don't really think that that's what it is. I don't think that y'all disagree with each other. Honestly, listening. I'm a I'm a people like this. Revolution is an e- is a is a process. It's not an event. So I feel where both of y'all are coming from. And then when you see the the way the system nigga, is rising, I ain't talking about revolution, nigga. Our pro, we need woke. Revolution don't pass, nigga. We need woke. We still it's a, we still in it, bro. Like we in a certain you know what I'm saying juncture. But what I'm saying is this: when you see the motherfucking system, white racism ratcheting up its its tactics, coming with the homosexuality, the motherfucking uh, uh, the incarceration, you know what I'm saying, the military as far as enlisting our people in the military, you seeing them, only time it, it, ramp, it ramps up its tactics is when it's, it's fearful because there is a, a, a change of the balance coming. So a nigga's scrambling and hitting it from every angle now. And that's because motherfuckers see that niggas is waking up and getting on their toes. It's just like when niggas is boxing and shit and a nigga get caught with a good one. So when he see you got him, you rush in for the kill. He already caught us with some nice pieces, but niggas is still on their fucking toes. So this is five, twelve rounds. This nigga shook. So he's shooting every fucking shot he got. So what you see is us taking these shots. That's all you see. And we still going to get the dad. Black power. Black power. <clears throat> I don't know what we can expect from people who don't know that they're at war that they were born in a war, you know. So until that realization happened, you know, you got to deal with the numbers that you have that's aware of that. Because if we if we did have a, a large consensus of that, the brothers and sisters, like he mentioned, the sister that was in the military, I got family too. Ain't nobody coming home on family reunions and taking the boys out, showing them the shit they done learned, boom, 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 bang. And the sisters, whatever they learning when they go in that shit, it's not happening. So that seed has to be planted. That was a nice, lively discussion right there. My right fact. Yeah, but it's, it's the seriousness of the situation. It ain't, it ain't, a, it, you know, and it's, it's good to be hacked. Look, man, this, man, what the fuck, man? 
Yo, you know, I, yo, I feel fucking crazy right now. I'm reading that story and I'm thinking about my own motherfucking, you know, just shit that's going on in my own motherfucking community. And just like, yo, this shit, listen, this shit ain't gonna change unless we change this motherfucking shit. This shit gets you antsy. It have you on, on motherfucking, always on go. So, you know, I, I um, uh, hey, we all Africans at the end of the day. As long as we all know who the, who the enemy is, and then look, man, no matter what, it's time. It's on go right now. It's on go. Green light on. This is about the time that you take it. You're going, you know what I mean? The green light is on. Get in your car and drive. I think the question that needs to be asked, um, from your perspective, is when did we forsake ourselves? And and that's just another way out, you know. Damn, man, right. that, that, that's that's a good ass question right there, bro. Say, say that again, uh, Mr. Ross. Say that question again, bro. Every individual African have to look at the perspective and ask themselves the question: When do we, at one point, when do we begin to forsake ourselves? And let that be, let that be, let that be some therapeutic, you know, to get you on on the because because we're supposed to have these discussions and still have a positive, you know, resonation at the end of the end of the day. You know, we're supposed to talk, to, you know, so that we leave with this discussion with you know aspirations of of of, of, of positive. You know what I mean? That's so right. that's okay. Mm-hmm. When do we forsake ourselves and then learn and look inward? And while you're looking inward at yourself, also look outward at yourself while you're doing it in the mirror. I say that that that's the start. Black power for real. Mm. Change is not going to happen without that. It's not. Mm. And that is why I am so attracted to Dr. Amos Wilson's work. I cannot speak in the same detail about Dr. Francis Cresswell's work, The Great Ancestor, Queen Mother. When I have given that time, I hopefully could do that work justice in terms of my interpretation of where the author was coming from or the message they were trying to get across in the lessons. But definitely with Dr. Amos Wilson. Definitely. Because to me, what you're saying, at the end of the day, Brother Minkara is going to go back to the thing that I, I get from Dr. Amos Wilson, and is that that, that and mental, mental enslavement, for lack of a better phrase. Rephrasing that, when do we forsake ourselves? You know, I'm turning that around and go back to his work. It starts there with self. That's under the damage. With damage. Exactly. And I think the more you, the more, I might use myself, you know. The more you look and you start looking for it, the more you see how other people benefit off of us forsaking ourselves or us being in the business of forsaking. You understand what I'm saying? And 
when you look at that perspective, then you'll say, damn, you know what? I'm not going to sit up here. Because I'm, 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 I, I see both things going on, but I see the bigger picture. So I'm not going to sit up here and say, well, black people don't get along. We're more or less like uh, crabs in the bucket and so forth. I'm not using an analogy. I'll more or less be able to say that a lot of people benefit and are in the business of making sure that we don't get along. A lot of people on every level. You have people who, like, like I, I use the uh, concept for my little sister, both my little sisters and whatnot. I'm like, if you notice, I said, if you notice, don't deal with mixed, you know, talking about their mixed friends. I said, make sure you, you know, your best friend should be a sister. So I, I said, have you, no, have you noticed the discussion that you have with people who are not African? It often comes out. I know I'm in California, so it's, it's, a lot, it's not, it's niggas out here, it's not a lot, of, a lot of black people. So I have to deal with other motherfucker ethnic groups and so-called racists. And when they think they know something about black culture, if anybody else knows this, they open the discussion up with gossip. Oh, have you heard this? Oh, have you heard such and such came out with a new album, right? Because they don't have nothing, they don't have no knowledge about everyday black living to open up an honest discussion. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if, so if, I, if we were all to meet up at the DMV right now, everybody on this line, we would have honest discussion. We could all relate to situations of being black at the DMV. Where somebody who's not black will have to hear that and then give their oh I was you know I have you know they make you wait but they don't you know they don't know nothing about experiencing the public racism and white supremacy every day in the public setting and we shouldn't expect them to neither but we should notice how they choose to engage interactions with us I, I've been tripping off this shit really male and female oh have you heard sir you know Okay, okay, it'll start off with open discussion with general shit. You know, general cultural, American cultural shit, have you heard? You know, how you doing? Yeah, you catch the football, you know, I'm a little tall, so they may assume that I'm athletic, so they open the discussion up with, you know, if it's not pertaining to the business that we have at hand and it goes to something else, that's a discussion for a minute. And then when they want to show that they may know a little something or, or they want to show that they're into, quote, hip-hop culture, which is really black culture, Right? They open up with some gossip. Oh, how do you feel about the meat meal? And even look at that. Even look at look at that. Even look at that culture. There has to be a, always a beef lurking between us, and there's always a lot of middle fee parties who benefit from that shit. Your DJ College, your goddamn DJ. What's the nigga? The DJ Valid. That nigga name B L A D. Vlad. All your motherfucking uh uh uh. Hot 97s. Look, if you look at the, the, the main discourse that has been taking place, this shit has changed since Benzino and then when they had the magazine, since the fight, you know, source. Niggas still have small little beats popping off. I'm using that as because that's, 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 that's current day African culture, right? But it wasn't, it was our shit. Other people have capitalized and they became millionaires off making sure that we stay at odds with one another. I just use hip-hop as an example right now. That takes place even in community centers and the demographics where you stay at. How, how all 
non-African uh, 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 ethnic groups who come over here who benefit practice cultural gentrification. That's naturally given, but they oftentimes they don't do it in, the, in, the, in their cultural practice. They practice Eurocentric style. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so also while we're looking at why we forsaken ourselves, then we can look deeper and say, damn, this nigga has a lot of help. I'm not going to say all of it coming from our people. I'm going to look at all the bullshit in the middle. Because in 2016, y'all, there's a lot of motherfuckers who want to be white. Who almost can pass. <laughs> they got names like Gonzalez, Tysis, them type of people. They got names like Lee, Nguyen. They got names like Cipriani. They got names like McAllister, names like McLaren, names like O'Neill. They almost could pass. But when you look at them, these, these, these other ethnic groups, and they, 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 they have no problem. And that's, see, that's what we're going to first have to get through first. See, they, they like to, they like, on the weekends, they like to party and be Africans and weekend warriors. But five days out the week, they support white supremacy. Mm, like that. Mm-hmm. But not by just going to work for them. Basically, what you're saying is it's only for entertainment purposes. I was building more or less on the, us questioning why we should forsake ourselves and why we're doing that. We should look at the aspect of who benefits from making sure we stay in that, you know, self-hating, self, you know, defeating personality. A lot of motherfuckers they spend money advertising this shit. Uh, 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 tomorrow, at between the hours after the local soap operas, you're gonna see a plethora of shows that come on from all national shows showing you problems that black people are having from paternity tests to, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, what's, the, what's the technical word I'm used for? Social relation matters with, then with man and wife, right? And if you notice, the motherfucking host ain't black. The Jerry Springers. Donahue have more substance than what these shows have now. Now, all this, they, they seem to make it very blatant. Jerry Springer has set a tone. And some of them keep it very blatant. They only deal in the realm of paternity tests, cheating, cheating type of situations. That's program thinking, right? You, you know what I'm trying to say? And big numbers. This is news. This is entertainment. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Basically, for their entertainment. That's how they exploit it. Media. Ching ching. That's how we. That, and 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 our and our deadly diet of it. People is motherfucking forsaking ourselves. Right, and you have motherfuckers who will be in red, black, and green. Who will have that same craving for notoriety. And you know, you know how you know if you. Nowadays, to have notoriety, you have to have no integrity. 
and, 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 and mm-hmm. it's a bunch of backbiting, but it's really you will say and do anything to get noticed. You see what I'm saying? Excellent point. You will pay. You will do anything to get noticed. And while we talk about that, we got to look at what are some of the methods that they've used. Jealousy is the mother of hate. I'm going to say that again. Jealousy is the mother of hate. Different individuals who be in red, black, and green who be very envious and jealous of individuals who have created a platform. And the initial emotion that these niggas felt was jealousy. Jealousy comes also with envy. And then once, once that didn't happen, and they either didn't accept the uh, uh, invitation to be on the platform or they fucked up by hating to get on the platform but that brings the second thing in action, hate. And, and, and it's funny because a lot of these individuals serve the tenets of religions. And it's always, sometimes I've been using this as well. When you're dealing with a lot of individuals, man, and you're like, what the fuck are these motherfuckers on? You know what I mean? What, what the fuck? Are, you got to go to their books. You got to go to their background. And you'll get this, and, and you'll get to see that's the manual right there for a lot of motherfucking uh 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 forsaken <laughs> programming right there. And I'm looking for I'm looking for a verse that's gonna speak right to these niggas, goddamn it. Hold on. Give me one minute, family. No while you're doing that, Brother Mikra, I wanna ask a question that you can um answer or the family can answer later because I wanna I have a, an obsession with getting to the source of things. Now, what would you say is the source of this behavior? Jealousy, envy, behavior and emotion. I have a hard time not finding that synonymous. Um, is that, would that be an example of what Dr. Amos Wilson classified as white defense mechanism in our psyche. I say this. It goes beyond, okay, okay, the effects of jealousy and hate that they've used goes beyond just affecting black people. It's in the very, that's what I was going to go to the mythology. You, have, you know, mythology ain't, his, ain't history, but it gives you the historical, cultural origins of thought for some of these people. You see what I'm saying? When we go into the cultural origins of the thought with jealousy and hate, my studies bring me to the story of Cain and Abel. And when, and when you go to their cultural, when you listen to this, their story of Cain and Abel, what is it says that Cain slew his brother Abel because he was he was dis. Well, okay, it was God who was dissatisfied with it. He felt God was dissatisfied with his offering. Or, or he felt a certain way that God was showing favor towards his older brother and slew his older brother. And I want to find this. Uh, uh, me and Brother Bourne was rapping the taste a little earlier talking about this. And I was like, man, I got to hear this little clip right here because this is some heat right here. And it, and, and it goes into how psychologists have said that hate, it's actually not a temporary feeling or a, you know, of emotion. 
that it actually is a personality trait. That the individual who's a hater really is not an individual who's just had a, a, a caught in a moment of passion and had a little sense of jealousy. No, no, no. That is their personality. And and I'm trying to find this Proverbs, this Proverbs quote, and they say not to deal with envious and jealous men. Don't even fuck with haters. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, my quick. Let me see. What was that? Yeah, you sent you sent that to me. So, if you if you look, they got an article. So I'm gonna put the article. Well, I know one thing I'm noticing is um, people don't know how to deal with rejection very well Um, because I kind of find it hard to take in that, you know, one minute you're cool with somebody or you're cool with the ideal of being cool with somebody and then next week they're the worstest person in the world because they have rejected you. I mean, that person didn't change. So now, you know what I'm saying, you're going to throw dirt on that particular person's name. Um, But, you know what I'm saying, last week you weren't doing it. I I'm kind of fine around that. I mean, and it hasn't been done on one occasion. I've I've seen this done on several different um, instances. Oh, uh, here we go right here for that car family here. Let's listen to listen listen to the elder right here. I quote this a lot to a lot of young players, so hopefully they can have an understanding. The Bible reads as follows here. It reads, Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. For their hearts divide violence, and their lips talk of trouble making. Let's back that up. Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. I'm not going to be upset at you because you hate me. I ain't going to wish that you go to jail. I ain't going to hope that you don't have no good. But I tell you what I will do, what this book say and what the Archbishop Don Magic Wand said. Don't desire to be with them, player. You step back from them hater. Oh, yeah, he about to wait for you to fall. Yeah, you know that, that his bottom brows and left, man. Let's see how long he keep that being. You know, uh, 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 they talking about taking his house, man. Such and such say he was going to move in and take over the rent. Why are you worried about Because you are what? Evil me. Black Powell. Ooh, what was that? Who was that kicking that game like that? 
Brother Mickerock. What happened, Brother Mickerock? Did he drop off the line? Brother Mickerock dropped the line. Thank God he's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still there. I don't know. I don't know. But that was that was definitely, you know, that was on point right there. You know, you got to step. You got to step away. You got to step away and leave them in their own shit. Hmm. I say, you know. I don't even like that word, hater. It should be used like a motherfucking, people use that shit as a shield for you saying something about, for you being able to have an honest criticism about something. Hating when I don't like you. I can critique some shit you do. For sure, that's a a, a a revised African saying, without question. Because why would you be envious of somebody that's foul? You know, not nice. My bad, brother boy. That was an old uh, uh, pastor, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, uh, listen to this part right here, too, y'all. The first ever documented murder can be found in the first chapter of the Holy Bible. Cain and Abel were the first and second sons of Adam and Eve. Cain killed his younger brother Abel. The motive for Cain's murder was jealousy. Cain commits the first murder by killing his brother after God rejects Cain's sacrifice but accepts a gift from Abel. Cain's rivalry, jealousy, and aggression grew so strongly that he murdered his own brother. Some believe jealousy is the mother of hate. Because hatred is believed to be long-lasting, many psychologists consider it to be more of an attitude or personal disposition than a temporary emotional state. Therefore, if a person is a hater, there is nothing you can do to change it. God punished Cain for killing Abel by sentencing him to a lifetime of wandering the earth alone. The only way to deal with a hater is to leave them alone. I'll confirm that there are, in fact, five people who are deceived. Two female blacks, three male blacks, age ranges in the 20s. One suspect is in custody, at least one other is still at large. They are wanted for the worst mass murder in Chicago in five years. It happened in Chatham in April. Five people were killed. It's been almost two months since five people were murdered in the Chatham home. This morning, police have a suspect in that brutal crime. Suspect is only 22 years old. Investigators say he knew at least one of his victims. Police charged 22-year-old Torlin Williams with five counts of first-degree murder for the killing spree inside this two-story home. All of them shot in the head. The suspect's name is Torlin Williams. Police say he's given a statement and he's charged with five counts of murder and armed robbery in the deaths of three men, a woman, and a teenage girl. Anthony Scales' uncle still can't comprehend the sheer callousness of the crime. This guy know these people. You know what I'm saying? They know this guy. And he, and he has the, uh, the adaptation to go in and do them like this. This 
suspect that police say robbery was the motive. The victims were all friends in their 20s. One girl was 17, and his relatives of Anthony Scales Jr. and Reginald Walker say they are relieved that police have charged someone. Bernard Scales says he thinks his grandson was the target of a robbery turned violent. And you know, um, too, 
we we got the the story that comes before Cain and Abel of jealousy as well. Uh, Seth and Osaw. That jealousy led him to murder him, his own brother. The I question I question that right there, my sister Camille. I question that because I have yet seen. Have you seen the scene where Seth slays uh, 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 Osiru? No. Mm-mm. I have not seen it either. You see the resurrection. You see, okay, I've seen a few of the the battle with Heru and Setiphon, but I've not seen the scene where Setiphon cuts up his uh, 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 Asaru. I have not seen that yet. So I, I said that to say that they may have over, because remember, this is, that's Jewish interpretation, because Jews are the first people who started biblical archaeology. So they put a lot of our stories, their biblical overtone. We was talking last time on the show when uh, uh, Sigmund Freud, who's the father of, of Western psychology, who's a Jew, why would he write books, Akhenaten and Moses? So that shows you a lot of that connection right there. Akhenaten and Moses. You hear that, y'all? It was, it was Akhenaten. This is what the Jew said. That it was Akhenaten who uh, uh, Moses monotheism. Y'all were great monotheism, y'all. At least, at least the Jew is dealing with the verses. As you ask the Hebrew that, they ain't going to know how to respond. But at least the Jew, this is, this is the Jew dealing with the verses in the Bible that talks about Moses getting all his knowledge from Egypt. See what I'm saying? The, the Jews say, well, he was getting all his knowledge from Egypt because he was taught by Akhenaten. So, you know, but, but you know, I don't, so I don't, I don't even, and other than that, I, I don't hear any stories of jealousy, uh, they have some in African culture, but you have to get them before they've been contacted with Eurocentric culture. You know what I'm saying? Did, did that story exist before they met Europeans and they just added the, the, the Cain and Abel story to it or is it truly genuine? Because, I, you know, the aspect of envy and jealousy that they sway in, they've been successful in planning in all of us and all of us now because that's one of their cultures, really. That's really their culture. So you always had that competitive nature that's been planted in you for your brother. That's why I never got into sports. That's the main reason I never got into sports. You know what I'm saying? Because it was really competitive. And it was it was not just competitive, it was in, it was competitiveness among yourselves. Like my niggas still do this to this day and they don't even play football and shit no more. When he get another whip, he gotta step his game and get another whip and they're not unifying their competition for a unified goal. It's more or less on an individual strive. You know what I mean? I do, but I brought up the story of what I know of that, just to contrast going to the Religion of Perversion book with the Cain and Abel and the story of jealousy. That's the only reason why I threw that out there, Cain. Oh, now, but, I, um, but the, the context is that it, it, this is their mythology. This is their mythology. So so we ain't talking about what we're what we dealing with. Okay, Ashe. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about their mythology, how, how where they first contacted jealousy inside they sit. Thank you for clarifying that. Black Powell. Black Powell. Black Powell. Yeah. 
Yeah, but well, did you see that little article too, brother boy? I put in there, uh, uh the uh, Martini and Harriet Tubman. Yeah, no, I read it. I read it. He dropped off. Okay. He dropped okay. Yeah. Dropped off the line. I read the whole. I read the whole article. <laughs> yeah. That's what. That's for them NOI niggas. Mm-hmm. You see, they should they should venerate that article more than anybody. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, you know that's what I was thinking about. I think yeah, they would have talking about it wasn't no slavery in Mauritania. And here it is, Al Jazeera, which is an Arab. And Al Jazeera is pretty much they must they're a Muslim Arab uh, media outlet. You know what I mean? And they letting it be known. And and who is it? It ain't an Arab woman. It's a black woman. Kind of look like Harriet Tubman too. Black power to that queen. I tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Black power. It's, it's about the article. It really show how hypocritical, how hypocrisy. Islam right now having a problem because that's why they're so chopped up right now because they're trying to be modernized and at the same time hold adhere to their cultural practices and it's kind of hypocritical. So on one hand, Martania is trying to portray this image. Like they're, you know, they want to, they want, they want to be a competitive nation. They want to show that they're a uh, 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 global. No, I'm not gonna use that term. They want to show that they're up and coming. Yeah, On one hand, they Muslim, and they support this shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of hard to then the prosecutor even deal with slavery because it's it's so enriched into, into the culture. But then on one hand, they want to be modernized. You know what I mean? And be westernized. Mhm. They want to try to get some of this income coming in. So that's and awesome. that's the that's the and that's the perspective. That's why Al Jazeera picked the shit up. You, you see, you see what I'm saying? How we gonna deal? You know, an Arab media outlet feeling the need to look into some of the problems that Arab countries are having because Al Jazeera, that's some Arab uh, media outlet, so they support slavery. You feel me? But they're looking at the perspective of how we're going to have to deal with this aspect of our culture, and they're trying to modernize at the same time. You see what I'm saying? And it's a, a, a case example. And they're looking at, well, who, if, we do have, if we do have people who are going to be, you know, who are going to be the people who are going to it's going to be the Africans. Mm-hmm. We have it going there. And that's that's case, you know, that's a great case for tonight because it just shows you that the, you know, the 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 one of the layers that they had to be applied in order for everybody to be, or for everybody to turn their eye, their blind eye to the slave trade, is if it's embedded in the culture. You see what I'm saying? The culture is Islamic, which is which is a really cult religion. You see what I'm saying? So that that shows right there. It's, it's yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'll tell I'll you. I'll just say, I show you, I'll just show you, which is going to be about the, 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 how far the religious perversions influence goes. It goes beyond, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just said the, the article, even say that how there were people who would try for different variations of breaking laws 
that under the eyes of what the SOS S cloud was looking at with slavery, you tried and convicted, and you're not doing no time. Go. Leave. Go home. You can slap with a, the one dude was convicted, he slapped with a sentence two years, he'd get out four months on a pill, and then he had to go back to trial since then. Make bond on the pill, make a pill bond, and they went back to trial in three years. Three was maybe maybe four years. Close to it. So as you as you stated, this is how Islam affects the community because it is already embedded inside of the culture. They already got a caste system where it's not even where. People are, as we were saying, the people are born into slavery, not even knowing that they're slaves. They just know that this is, my, this is where I'm supposed to be at. You know what I mean? You don't got to tell them to go to the back of the bus. They're going to go. They, you don't got to tell them to go to the back door. If, if ain't no back door, they'll go back there and make one. Right. And ignorance is the main tool they use. Dude. They cracked a couple in, in England who had slaves. And, and she... Other day they're bringing them to somewhere where, you know, a lot of times they're acquiring them, you know, no papers. They don't speak the language, and they're keeping them isolated, keeping them isolated and ignorant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take that passport you got, now you hemmed up. Or if you is illegal... What you gonna who you gonna call? Ghostbusters? <laughs> oh. Or right, who the fuck you gonna call? Mm-hmm. And that's the same quality right I mean the same um supply and demand for, for flesh is still going on now like it was back then. They're just giving the different titles. They're not using them for just strictly building now like they're using us for, you know, property. But they, you know, slave, slave, a lot of them not even black. You know what I mean? So America still got that. This is still the uh, industry of mayhem in regards to all types of injustices of the world. You know what I'm saying? This is crime city. Yo, listen, people, y'all got to find this documentary. And I had a copy. I had to try to look for it. But it's called The Cotton Picking Truth. Yeah, brother Bond. I, I, yeah, I'm aware of that, King. You yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I heard the sister first on the station I was killing, the community radio station, the Crackabees. Oh, go ahead. I thought you were going to speak on it. You said you heard. Nah, that. King. I was just like, you know, co-signing. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, you got to, y'all got to get this. You got to get this because it, I'm telling you. When you after you watch it, you're gonna understand where we live in that. You, this this is something I'm. Oh man, this is hey, yo, everybody, yo, this is something you need to see. Everybody on this line needs to look for this cotton picking truth. Look for it. I don't have no links to it. If somebody find it, you can find it on YouTube. It's, you it's broken it up. You know what I mean, into pieces, but you you can, you can get it. All right, well we don't have to get that. It's the one thing. 
Cotton Picking Truth. Yeah, look that up on YouTube. I, I had it on video. A dude gave it to me. I was I was shocked and all. You know what I'm saying? Where I, you know, it's things that you you like you you feel like you know that yeah yeah yeah. But when you hear the sister telling her tale, this <laughs> is telling her tale of being just in slavery in in sixties, getting escaping, getting free with her family and them. You know what I'm saying? With her family, you know, when she tell this tale of getting free, man. Yo, this some other shit. This is you 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 just don't think about. It. And then when the brothers go to the they go down there with, with people living on the plantation, they living there and they won't leave. The brothers want to try to sneak them out. They ain't even trying to go nowhere. I mean, yeah, y'all got y'all got got to see, you got to see. Ah, oh, man, there's so many, so many tales, you know, young girl, she's telling the tale of how her grandmother was owned by some crackers, and that the only way her grandmother could get free is either the crackers die or she die. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm talking about this ain't no, this some, this some right now shit. Two thousand shit. You know what I mean? This is right now shit. This ain't no this ain't no motherfucking shit made in in, in the seventies. This ain't no shit made in the seventies or the sixties. This shit is made modern time. A decade ago type shit. Brother Vaughn, what was the sister name that actually went to Congress because on a lot of these properties in the South and shit and in the Midwest, you it's private property. So they can't go on there. Uh, and how can't get nobody to help? Oh. Uh, All right, it was a brother. It was a brother up there too. Because they got the no trespassing sign, you can't get nobody to go on, no law enforcement to go on the property. So they thought they could appeal to Congress to help. They sneaking on the people's property, showing our people up there who afraid to leave, afraid like in a weird way, afraid like yo, like they don't know what the fuck is going on out there. Also. Like, they don't know if they're going to live out there. They don't, though. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they only think that they can live there. They don't know. Like, they don't know if they're going to survive. So, it's a, you know what I'm saying? They got separation fear. Separate, fear to separate away. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be safe. And so, that show you that psychology. See, that, that's something that show you where we, where we at. Free, that's the thing, it's physically, you can see it. But that's where we at on this motherfucking, that's where we at. We think we free, but we just scared to leave this motherfucker. You know, we're going to be able to get safe. The devil you know is better than the God you don't know. You don't know, yup. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Have us right on time, Brother Chris. <laughs> no doubt. Black power. Black power. And that shit ain't funny, man, but sometimes you that's real shit. That's real shit. You're going to settle for the lesser of two evils, and it's all evil. Like you said, though, brother, born, they already they made the back door already. They adapted to the circumstances, so it's culpable. Now, now what will happen if they like, if we go from this to something else, that shit might get even worse than this. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling right here. I'm good. At least I got the back door. Especially when you don't know that's not supposed to be your plight, that there's something wrong with that. Yeah, when you don't know you, when you don't know you're going in the back door. <laughs> you remember? You remember in Roots? They was in the house. No, I never saw Roots King so much. Now you did Well, it was a part in Roots. Kuta Kinte had just, they had just got him on the plantation. He wasn't broke all the way yet, so some shit was going on. He was like, man, hold up. And then the old man grabbed him. Like, hold up, hold up. Hey, boy, come here. You don't, you, you, you ain't supposed to say shit about that. I forget what he's about to speak on. But the motherfucker was like, old man came and got him, like, before he got himself killed. Because he's like, look, you can't do that. Kuta ain't know no better, though, because he still, still got that warrior spirit about him. He's like, man, hold up. And the old man was like, no, 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 boy, come here. Let talk to you. He was steadily, they was using the old seasoned slave to break the young warrior, the young African boy. And that's pretty similar to what the fuck they're doing today. Mm. So motherfuckers grow up, like you said, they already know their place. Yeah. And, and I think it's a whole nother dynamic. It's a whole nother dynamic being kidnapped and forced into child enslavement and then being born into it, you know, and then being born into it after it has been institutionalized and in existence for a hundred and some years or 200 years. That's some shit on the motherfucking mind. That's something you just don't take off. You just something. That's something you just can't shake overnight. That's for sure. You some bitches ain't killed this yet. Black power. Right, so we in a beautiful position for real, man. They didn't try to. They been fucking with us for five hundred plus. They think we ain't going We just going to sleep. They any, any. Anything you can think of, torture-wise, mentally, physically, spiritually, these motherfuckers can put it on us. I mean, they're using us as guinea pigs on how to control the rest of the motherfucking world. So it ain't nothing that went down that ain't happened to us. I mean, 
shit we don't even know that took place to happen to us. Probably that ain't even been documented. We got and all the info we do got. It's shit that we ain't even we probably don't even know. So for a motherfucker to still be here banging, man, this shit is miraculous, man. Like I said, the white man's scared now. He don't even know. He's like, God damn, we done did everything to these motherfuckers, man. These motherfuckers still here. Age. The shit. I mean, everything. Crack. God damn, he's like. What you say, brother boy? All in line. We got everybody else all in line except for them. They won't fall in line. Hey, brother, that's a great breakdown you used. They're killing us, making examples out of us to run the world. That's why motherfuckers don't complain or even speak about our plight because they see it as punishment. We're receiving punishment. So, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be like those people. You know what I mean? You know, they become, they just, those niggas just don't want to get on, on, on board with us. If they would just get on with the train, and, and it's really everybody's agreeing with the program. They see uh, all the shit that's going on. Yeah, but I'm making it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all this polluted. That's why we gotta make, we gonna have to make the stand. And I don't give a fuck where motherfucker say why not make this statement. You know, we gonna have to make the stand to cleanse this earth from all these motherfuckers because they all killing the planet. It go beyond just us. Ain't no point in us. Surviving and, and 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 ain't no the planet ain't habitable no no more. We're gonna have to cut the cancer out this planet because we, you know we have a unique we connected to this planet. They can say all oh, this shit. You know what I'm saying? We've been here the longest, so we have you know our beginning and in this beginning. Like I, I heard this from a professor. Motherfucker said that what makes you what's unique about black people is that we don't know who we were from Earth's own creation. Meaning we we've been here since this motherfucker was created. The new, this new, so what I'm saying is the culture, even if we was to get off crackers, they have possessed the minds of so many other non-Africans, non-Europeans, that they will just follow the same culture that they motherfucking masses was putting in place. Mm-hmm, exactly. What's the example? What's the example I can use with that? The Catholic Church. When the Pope, the Pope say he, he runs the planet by domination, when you look at them, by conquest, I mean, when you look at how he runs the motherfucking, uh, the way the Pope's the bishop, that shit, that shit broke down like a motherfucking military. And it's, and it's, what is it? Conservative cultural policies of Catholicism. You see what I'm saying? They dictate behavior. How you dress, how you talk. What's good and what's bad. And, and, and when you, when you get that in place, then you got motherfuckers wearing wigs in courtrooms. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the culture is there to stay. But we're going to have to cleanse the planet of all these motherfuckers. Real talk. And start, start new. We can do it. There was once a period of time where it was just us here anyway. And see, I, I, and I agree with Brother Griff what he was saying, because that's, that's, that's the mind frame we should really be looking at it. As if we really was to catch the cracker scientists, and take that nigga down to that vault. Remember that vault that, that Blade killed that vampire in? <laughs> that when he went to the, the records that the vampires had, when we get to their real records, and we see just how long they've been trying to poison us and kill us, first thing we're going to say, damn, we still here? 
So it was that old saying, what don't kill you make you stronger? That's true for the Africans. And if we're going to use metaphysics, and I don't want to use it like these niggas do, and we're going to use evolution, and I don't like to use this, but these niggas want to use it, then we're going to have to say that the African has evolved, the African America has evolved more than any other African due to his experience during the transatlantic slave trade. And and Europeans know this. Now the great 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 grandsons who trying to follow the legacy of their great granddaddy creating shit like AIDS and shit. This shit still ain't knocking us. You don't even hear about it. You hear about it, but I don't see it. I remember when I was coming, I was going to the 80s. I remember like in the early 90s, I would hear about motherfuckers who was, you know, he had AIDS, he died, you know. Ooh. And I've seen a few cases. Either these, either these motherfuckers are dying too young for the AIDS to kill them, or the shit ain't killing us fast enough. And I, I, I'd rather say the shit ain't seem to be killing us as fast right. as the projected numbers. <laughs> But I'm going to give you something to back up your position, Beckham-Rock. Why are we the only motherfuckers that haven't got no reparations? When you check out all the other groups, the niggas got compensated. They know that they can't put us on our feet. Not that we should even be looking for it, but they already know. No, they can't like you was, even put in ground for black people. So they don't even shit. play with us. Ain't no even playing ground. It's already uneven with them putting us down. They still mad at how the fuck we come up. With them, with them stepping all on us, they still be marveling at what the fuck is that? Damn. They, they marvel at it because you see how anything that we, we come up with, they they are taking, codify that shit, and find out a way to market it and capitalize on it. Okay, I'll ask this question. Who received reparations? The Japanese. Japanese. The Japanese Europeans? <laughs> I mean, you know, nah, the Japanese that yeah. were here in them camps in Cali. I believe it was in Cali. Yeah. Japanese were enslaved to Europeans and got reparations? That's what y'all saying? No, they wasn't enslaved. No, nah, they weren't enslaved. Not at all. No, no. So going from where you coming from, nobody. No. Yeah, nobody. After slavery, hold on, let's see. Is anybody? Or no, I just see some people trying to. Speak. You know what they niggas always just say? Some motherfuckers is like, "What? They had the Chinese over here made them build the railroads." I'm like motherfucker, that shit ain't goddamn slavery, motherfucker. <laughs> no, my position. There's no comparison. There hey, no. yeah, the Nobody. Chinese was wanting to come over here. They was letting them know that look, right? They over there only building railroads. They got it uh, on the railroad line. The Chinese was still wanting to come in. They was wanting to come over here and have that happen to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who fault is that? You come in. Niggas volunteer. Niggas volunteer, but more. Yeah, so that. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then on top of that, that's what I'm saying. This is this the thing that's slick about them, though, because slavery, it was not illegal, man. This shit wasn't illegal. So, you know, it's some, some shit that, that was legal. How can you get. You can't get no reparations for no legal action. For what? I didn't damage you, man. Yeah. Y'all bugging with this. Y'all All is fair and love and war. Plus, it's not over. Yeah, yeah, you know, me. reparations, you know, repent, those kinds. That, that has not, it's not over. That means it has to be over. The action has to end. The office. Right. Now, we can use Japan. Let's use Japan. 
Now, Japan was supposed to be a colony of 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 um okay. industrial productivity. They didn't see that coming, right? That little island started manufacturing shit, trains and shit. They industrialized and became westernized fashion. Other countries did fashion in China, right? Germany was fucking one of them. Make a wrong opinion is that Japan got not one, but two atom bombs dropped on them because they broke protocol when they hit the Pearl Harbor. And America gave their ass. That was the, 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 what they were saying was, you're not going to get away with killing crackers. And he go one. Matter of fact, he go two. So after that, when, when Japan surrendered, America didn't get them really shit. America seen their capability for industrial potential and put embargoes on them. They try to limit how much motherfucking, because uh, uh, like Dr. Clark said, and this is a fact too, Japan, name one import, name one export out of Japan, meaning in Japan imports everything. Im- everything. They don't have that many resources, so they import everything. So they got good relationships. Well, actually, that's another story. Because they're cruel neighbors too. History shows Japan never been conquered. They've never had outsiders conquer them. That's why the, that's why America dropped them bombs on them too. They knew them Japs wasn't going to quit. But they they nasty neighbors because they've been you know only fucking neighbors that I think was able to tolerate the Japanese because they wasn't playing was 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 the the state of Siam which is really Thailand right now Siam. But Japan when they got embargoed. America put restrictions on them. See, this is when you're dealing with warfare, you make the other motherfuckers surrender on your terms, you put embargoes on them, you put little, little mandates in place for their product, they product, they product, productivity level, their military shit. When what you're doing is you're monitoring them to make sure they can never amass the military capabilities that they amassed previous. So like right now, there's all kind of fucking military bases in Japan. You see what I'm saying? That one pair... Before them, before the war, you see what I'm saying? That's that's what's so unique about North Korea. North Korea didn't lose that war, and they are no military. Their military, their base is all in South Korea, but not in North Korea. That's the problem. Yeah. And why should I allow you a military base? Why would you want a military base in my country? This is not your country. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's 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 trying to trying to punch me, or you trying you trying to get too close to my motherfucker. The Russians don't have, you know what I mean? They got you got an embassy, okay, but it's gonna be a very small motherfucking embassy, nigga. But then you know the way that and the way that North Korea, South Korea set up, the motherfuckers really they got a river that run the that run the border, put the shit in half, and the, and and the military bases. It's American bases on one side and South Korean um, bases. And on the other side of the river, I'm talking about a river where you can shoot the other person on the other side of the river. See over there. Mm-hmm. And was Dr. Khalid Muhammad correct about uh, the Cracker Beast Jews receiving um, reparations? Well, uh, well, I almost bet on that. Yeah, yeah but I don't even think they, they get 
Like them niggas faking. They, they faking. I, I'm, I'm with the, I'm with the, I'm with the Iranians. I'm a Holocaust denier. I say, oh, believe, oh, believe. Y'all ain't have enough people that don't believe. Oh, believe. I think they still getting bread, though. I say, I'm I'm gonna get a year. He says, they got some reparations. Now they got some bread. They got prepared for something. I I think his name. I guess they said, look, y'all took our name and put it through the mud. So y'all give us some reparations for that. Yo, brother B, how many shekels they get for six million now? Sixty million. <laughs> Yo, what does it doesn't matter? Huh? It's all about the shekels. <laughs> what the, the motherfucking come on, man. Yo, I'm glad you said that because it getting the rabbi says this. He says what does the numbers matter? Six million, six hundred thousand, six thousand. <laughs> what does the numbers matter? Said if it was one Jew, it was huh? a bad boy. And what? Then what he said after that? Boy. We all getting paid. <laughs> no, we getting paid, and we be getting paid for the next what do you say? Hundred years or some shit? Two hundred years? <laughs> yeah, hundreds of years after, you know. We'll still be getting paid yeah. by the people for this. Did, did did the Jews get reparations? And why? Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's look at white supremacy, right? And how misdirection. Let's look at misdirection. I thought Hitler was the bad man in World War Two, And you would think that man killed six million Jews, and you mean to tell me that they, you would have thought he would have got the atom bomb, huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. Black foul. Hmm. And the fact that he's half Jewish, half Jew. You either Jew or you not. So it was all orchestrated by a Jew, and the semen in it was Jews to benefit it. And his mama was the Jew part, so he was definitely, according to their bullshit, right? He definitely Jew, according to Jewry. <laughs> Is that why he got that picture that looked like just like the picture of Martin Luther King and just like the picture of Mandela looking out the window? And you know it's the proof that he was a Jew? Okay. A little piece of mustache. Yeah, watch, yeah, watch old mob movies and you see how the Italians deal with the Jew. Or, or little shit the Italians say about the Jew let you know that the Italians have been dealing with the Jew for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Why was Hitler fascinated with Mussolini? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, that's real. That nigga was right. That nigga was because Mussolini came to power before Hitler. That nigga Hitler was a fan. Man, I like how you run in your country. He has so much respect for that nigga that when Mussolini owned motherfucking country, Declared him a traitor and 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 and, and staged a coup d'état to claim they shit back. It was Hitler who went down there, got him, brought that nigga back to Germany, and said, "Nigga, I'm finna put you back on on the throne." Because mm-hmm. he Mussolini was supposed to be the Caesar. See, they talk about they talk about the Third Reich. The Third Reich they wanted 
See, they don't go to the people, they go to the history. The Third Reich wanted, they wanted to follow the same traditions as Constantine and, and the Greeks. They want to have a thousand-year empire. That's what Europeans want, a thousand-year empire. So even these new world order motherfuckers, these Illuminati, that's their whole goal, too. A thousand-year empire under one government, right? And he said, and they decided the only person of European status to get that close to it was Caesar, right? Because the Greeks didn't have it long, and it was the Romans who had it longer. Y'all, if you notice history, notice when the Greeks got to Egypt. And look how fast they got it. Look how long the Romans got it. And look when the Romans shit fail. The Romans didn't fall. They're still in, in position now. But that's the point I'm making, right? Yeah, you got so, so how how Hitler, if Hitler is going to be the third right, he this is my opinion, he wanted to be the third right in regards to military importance, to support, to support Caesar. You see what I'm saying? So he needed connections with an Italian, a Roman, Romans and Jews. Huh? We see a similar relationship with the Romans and Jews regarding how to deal with even Jesus Christ. Y'all didn't peep that out too, huh? So, <laughs> so when you, whether, it be Je- whether it be Jesus Christ or whether it be Casino, you know the movie Casino, it's still Jews and Romans. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The Jew and the Supreme Gentile. And then, then when they finally caught Mussolini, to 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 show the okay the difference between Germany. When okay, when Germany, when you ask the when first question, Germany, they try to blame it and say, well, he just came to power, you know. But when you look at Italy, when they got to Mussolini, they hung Mussolini's ass. So they showed you that, you know, the Italians was making a statement to say that we run motherfucking our dictator. You see what I'm saying? Because Germany, Germany would give you the impression that, oh, it was just this, you know, this charismatic man who was like Professor X and had mind control over all of Germany. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. All on Hitler. Like, nigga, y'all, nigga, he couldn't do that shit alone. You see what I'm saying? That's the difference. Funny thing about that is when Hitler first tried to fuck with Mussolini, Mussolini wasn't trying to fuck with him. So everybody said how, you know, at the end, at the end of the, uh, you know, when he, when that coup happened, that he was the first one to really go out and reach arms out to make sure that he connected with him to put him back. Because Mussolini knew he admired him, but he thought he was young and didn't really know what was going on. But that's how the record is written anyway. Till he came to Germany and seen his motherfucking army. Mm-hmm. Oh, so shit. Mussolini had his own dreams of grandeur. So he ain't trying to entertain the young upstart. Yeah, I just like Brother Luther said, till he came to Germany, so what it was, nigga was shook. <laughs> Oh, he, he became his best friend right there. Okay. Well, Mom, if you said, go, I go, homie. Ain't no such thing as halfway. Mm-mm. Oh, 
Brother Minkara, I don't know if this was you or Brother Rahe Rue that had put the family on to the Marvel joint where Superman was mad skinny. It was like an alternate dimension or some shit. And you had Flash. What was the name of that shit? Um... Oh, uh, shit. I know what you're talking about. We was in a hangout. Probably was, uh, we was all thinking getting in on that discussion. Um, it's the joint where Flash run back in time, and when he fuck up yes. the time bear, it changed shit, right? Yes. Trying to save his mama. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I know you're talking about. You watch it? Brother, when you can, if you could throw that in the hangout again, I, I would really appreciate that. I got to find the title of that motherfucker. Hey, but you see in the end who 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 was who was the supreme out of everybody, huh? Right. You see who won that war? Okay, when you look at that's a good uh, a good shit right there. When you look at DC, they take Egyptian mythology and put it in comic book fashion, right? So. Uh, 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 Superman is Heyru. Heyru, because he uh, uh, he got the S on his chest. He gets his powers from the sun god. He see all things. Uh, he's the only child. Blase, blase. Batman is Seth Typhon. Wonder Woman is Aset. The Martian is Asaru. I didn't peep this out until I seen the Martian. I said, that's Osiris. Look at, and look, look at this, Martian yeah, and Manhunter. We were talking about this a while back. Yeah. When you look at Martian and Manhunter, he is really stronger than Superman. I'm looking on the encyclopedia shit, the little comic encyclopedia shit, and they, you know, they got culture shit, and Superman even admitted that the motherfucker, only motherfucker he would admit that was stronger than him was Martian and Manhunter. The green like Osiris, he got the X, the red X on his chest after Osiris got crucified. And his powers, he's not he can shape shift, but he can read minds. He lowered the perfect black by him being a shapeshifter. Now, when that one we that episode we talked about Sister Camille, when they shifted it over, Aquaman is Poseidon. And I forget what he is in Egyptian uh 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 but you notice Wonder Woman murked everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring no, that's them admitting that that's the black woman. Well, not you know that the woman is the most. My pops talking about this. He said if the best the best soldiers on the battlefield as in the past as now, even the Japanese and the Chinese. Chinese wives was their bodyguards. You know, in battlefield, that whole term about hell have no fear about a woman being scorned. That comes from battle or a woman on the battlefield because every woman assassin found her target. You know what I'm saying? And when you look at when you look at the culture of Wonder Woman, she really she really the most athletic white girl in all of them motherfucking heroes. Wonder Woman is most of them still play girly, but Wonder Woman is an Amazonian who is a golf and war tradition. You see what I'm saying? And that alone, because she's in golf and war tradition, and she's a female. She she got the ups on Superman, all of them motherfuckers. And that even goes like I'll give you a current day example right now. 
the uh, uh, the female mujahideen on Islam is all females. They jumping out of helicopters wearing hijabs, man, with M16s. You know what I'm saying? And, and MP5s. <laughs> the Russian sniper crew was all females. The one top female sniper, I think she she judged out all her kills. She had over 600 kills. And et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. You can have me watch that uh, program again, Sister Camille. But, yeah. She, uh, Wonder Woman puts it down. On that joint, man. All right. I found that article that she was talking about, Sister Camille, with Amy Goodman and the Black Lives uh, Language Matters, number Black Lives Matters called thugs, why are Oregon militants called terrorists? Okay. Now, the thing about it is that I'm going to tell you, she's getting more play on the story than the person who originally wrote the article. It's being pushed as though it's hers. Well, it's on her show, on the Democracy Now. It's not her story, though. It's it's really this other sister's story. Let me see. From the Washington Post. It's the sister story from the Washington Post named... Janelle Raw. But even that, King, look at the, what, what's the Washington Post now? Yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand, I understand, I was just, I was just giving the background to, you know, she had it on her show, but just saying exactly where it originally, where it originally came out of. Look, Amy Goodman, the type of show, had that girl, she had that lady on the show tomorrow. So listen. She probably was. Here. I didn't watch the shit yet, though. Oh, you know it's what a clip already. That's what just a second ago I, I played, started playing it by accident. It's she already on the show. It's already she, up. Yeah, I already know how she moves. That's how they move. It's up and popping right now, man. It's Tuesday, January 5th, 2016. Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? They got the dialogue down here. When you said this shit in the hangout, it's like I said, what you said was in the back of my mind. So I said, well, let me, because I don't fuck with no other news media type shit, especially with Crack the Beast in it. But that, because of that being WBAI and where I first heard um, with the sister Eutrice Lee bringing Dr. Ben in the morning, and then, you you know, you have the other shows, and she had the morning shit. You know what I'm saying with this brother, but uh, they used to have on there Bernard. I forgot what the fuck his name was. Bernard White and shit. So I wanted to see, you know. And when I seen that, then it just what you said just started really resonating because I found it made me look at the shit as being peculiar. You know, the interesting thing, the first thing that I really, you know, I'm gonna tell you the most interesting thing that I. I I noticed about it is that, yo, it's the initials for the Bureau of Land Management is the same as the Black Lives Matter. So when you see BLM, you got a, a tendency to be not really, you know, if people don't uh, don't know and you just see BLM and you don't and you're not distinguishing what stories you're reading, it'll become confusing. Now that made me want to check. Or pound BLM news and see how the tide has changed from BLM.
Love News being Black Lives Matter. I wanted to Matter. bring Janelle oh, Ross in as well. Hold on, Tessa, hold on. I don't want you talking right now. It's funny you saying that, though, Brother Bourne. Um, I was listening to Coakley yesterday, this lecture on uh, white finance and black leadership basically was breaking down how it's been a spy network spearheaded by the so-called Jew in the black community since, you know what I'm saying, they started getting college-educated blacks sending them off to schools to see how they would react after they received European education. And uh, he said after that, they created a whole social infrastructure of the educational system from uh, grade school, like elementary, all the way up to the motherfucking university. So anytime uh, the Africans exhibited any type of, of, of extraordinary behavior, they had the social network set up through the educational system that would rear that African off into arts like music and sports and dance and shit to make sure keep us from having going into the sciences, you know, having scientists, you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers that would, people going off into fields that would be crucial to nation building, like separation and nation building. So they, they purposely, you know what I'm saying? But they, they set up, but the money that they had, they were using their money to basically finance the whole educational system for the Africans from fucking grade school all the way up. So they just, you know how a nigga being gifted and talented and shit, say you were scoring high on, on a certain test, aptitude test. You go, oh, yeah, I'm in the gifted and talented because they were doing that shit, I remember, when I was in elementary school. So yeah. then they'll, they straight put them, you know, they basically, it's a, it's a spy network, but they're making you think that, you know what I'm saying, because of your achievements, they're, they're sending you down a specific path of really, they're rooting you out as to be a potential messiah. Yo, listen, right? You're saying that I was in this talented and gifted fucking program. It's called the TAG program. I was in this motherfucking shit, man, and that's exactly what it is. I was in it from, like, maybe fourth grade to probably third grade to probably third, fourth grade to, like, sixth grade. And then I just, like, dropped out of this shit because I was just, too different than the motherfucking other kids that was in there. I couldn't, you know, it was good to be up out of there, and, you know, you was learning all different types of shit, do all different types of shit, but I just, I couldn't groove with the black children that they had in there. They was, it wasn't, there was the kids I could hang with, and I didn't want, and I wasn't fucking with the white kids like that at all. So, yeah. A, a bad thing, but that's what it's used for. It's mm-hmm. used to find them children who are teens, you know, you get, they give you little tests to be like little SAT tests and stuff like that to try to find your aptitude and your, uh, you get your IQ and shit like that. And then, like, like the brother said, it's siphoning you off into other classes and take you away. And, and it's a grooming program or to groom you to become the person that they want you to be because they see something that might be in you that, you know, could be a commodity to them or could be damaging. My daughter, she was on honor roll a couple of times and shit. She was in middle school. And then before she got, before she went from middle school to high school, 
These motherfuckers sent us an invitation for early college, early college program, but this shit was sponsored by female Greek organizations. Mm-hmm. So when you take them, you got all these black women and shit. It was a lot of children there too, some white. Mostly they're looking for the black, young black females and black males, but they're trying to get them, like uh, initiate them into that Greek shit. Even before my daughter didn't even go to high school, she was like seventh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they honoring you like, oh, yeah, for, you know, academic achievement. So I was up there, you know what I'm saying? I'm supporting my baby and shit. But then when I'm seeing this shit, I'm like, oh. So they trying to snatch them before they even get out of high school, before they even get out of middle school, get them ready, pull them into that Greek shit. Because then when you basically used to Sigma Pi 5, so the blue lay, they trying to basically incorporate them early as fuck. So I picked that shit. I was like, oh shit. I'm like, nah, because my, my daughter's mom was on it. She was like, yeah, I want her to start applying to some schools with them. I said, nah, that ain't the way. If she wants to go off to college, let her choose her school, but don't have her affiliated with none of this school, these Greek organizations to try to see what school she should apply to via these people. Like, nah. But her mom didn't know nothing about the whole blue and all that, but. I just see him grabbing him early, though, trying to snatch him real early. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. Remember, it's always going to come in the, the, in, in the form of rewards and gifts. Feel right? me? The, the devil going to come in sweets and candy. He ain't going to come in, in, in motherfucking fruit to heal you. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. That's the, but that spy network is real, and that's, to me, that's what's undermining a lot of the shit we're doing today. Like, when you see Benjamin Crump at the middle of every publicized, politicized uh, run-in with his police brutality and police murder, that niggas, you know, I said, that's a spy network. His nigga was sent in. These motherfucking individuals keep popping up in the same... You know what I'm saying? Under these same precedents. He got that super license. He got super motherfucking. He got that federal motherfucking attorney license. He attorney in every state. I don't know how he do how he pull this off. He's certified. He got a universal joint. Yeah, he got the universal shit because he's in all different states. He's in Ohio. He's in Georgia. He's in Florida. He's up in New York. Yeah, out there, Missouri. You know what I'm saying? He's all over the place, man. He, he probably Sharpton. The... He on that Sharpton uh, coon ticket flight. He probably in that circle that helped knock off Baba. Because when I heard Baba, when I listened to uh, the college, the college Lex, college one of college last speeches at the UAM. Uh, Oh, Maddox, Baba Maddox was talking. He said, this white judge couldn't have done what he did to me unless it was these Negroes who helped him do it. He said, so the judge wasn't even the problem. It was the Negro alliance that he built up against me to knock me the fuck off. They the ones knocked me off. He just motherfucking read, read off, you know what I'm saying? He basically read off the literary part of it, but he didn't have nothing really to do with it per se. It was his own people, the lawyers that's already in there, black lawyers that helped fucking get him uh, pushed out for 10 years. And they couldn't have done it without the black lawyers is what he said. Mm-hmm. 
And I bet you Crunk was part of that circle. I don't have a reason to doubt that at all, family. You know, uh, very leery of Benjamin Crump wholeheartedly. Seen him in too many compromised situations. And baffling, this nigga's bumbling in every case, like he said. He's so, winning, but he comes in and he baffles the, He baffles a, a home run. A nigga just uh, softball pitched the shit to him where he could just get a nigga the electric chair. And this nigga drops the ball in every, he blowing layups in every motherfucking case. No, no, listen, though. Look, look, check this out. He's winning. Y'all guys, bro. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. You said he's winning. But I'm just showing you, this nigga blowing layups, nobody there. No, I'm telling you, son, this nigga is slam dunking. 360 basketball. <laughs> so it looked like he's missing the layup. For the free throw line? Hey, for the free throw, did you mind to do it for the free throw line? Free throw line between the legs, son. Trust me, he's winning. This nigga is winning, man. He's like, uh, he's like, sturdy as AI. Goddamn, is efficient. You know what I'm saying? As as no job, nigga, hundred for hundred at the line. This nigga Steph Curry from the line, son. He's Steph Curry, nigga. This nigga is a motherfucking beast. All out, Vince Carter with the up, everything. Shaq Diesel in the paint. <laughs> the niggas are 99% on every. Look what he do every yeah. time he get there. He so show me the money. And what do he get? He get the money. Get he the ain't money. worry about the justice. He worry about the money. Is we going to get paid? going to get paid? Now that, that should be a motherfucker niggas need to go see. I bet you get that nigga in the basement. He We'll get a lot of information from a motherfucker like Benjamin goddamn Crump. Kobe said it, man. Some of these people need that razor to their throat, man. Look, man. Ask you some questions, man. Right now. We'll catch you. You can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> but, you know, that's the, that's the type of situation we're dealing with with a man who... Every time we see him, he enters some fuckery, you know. And then, like the sister was saying, you know, we got an article where they pushing, they trying to push black people to get in line with white people and get on board. Listen, always be suspicious of all white people, especially white people who fail, who liberal, who think that they doing something good, who act like they doing something good for black people. Them the ones that be most suspicious about. that they race. Anything and everything that they say or do will be in order to keep their place in the fucking society, period. It's not anything other than that. It looked good. What if they don't eat other poison fruit? Play this 
So there you have CNN law enforcement analyst Art Roderick. Your response, Janelle Ross. I, I, my response to his opinion is not really necessary. I can only point out the obvious difference in what he said. I think that all Americans who um, you know have been paying attention to the news over the last uh, 12 months are aware that there were protests and there were, in fact, some looters in Ferguson and in Baltimore. Um, but there was also no reticence at all about um, describing uh, those individuals that engaged in violent activities as rioters or as looters. And in fact, what you saw is people describing the entire group, groups of people who came for peaceable protests who were not armed and were being described in all sorts of ways, including as straight-up criminals and thugs, um, because of who they are, not because of what they were actively doing, even though much of this was caught on tape. And in this case, I think that while it is certainly true, factually, that these individuals are occupying a space in a rural area where there is a little in the way of infrastructure to destroy, even if that was what they were inclined to do, it is worth noting that these individuals have arrived armed, have said repeatedly that they are prepared to essentially fight to the death, and in fact are seeking an overthrow or rather an end to federal government authority um, in specific um, areas, or in this case over specific pieces of land. That is a whole and altogether different thing than protesting and saying that you would like to see uh, the justice system function in a different way. Richard Cohen um, at President of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Talk about how media coverage influences how different groups are treated. Well, I, I, I'm not sure I can, I, I don't know if I really want to compare the different groups. I do want to speak to the issue of terrorism, if I could for a moment. Uh, there's no doubt that there's been an enormous amount of terrorism over the years that have emanate, has emanated from the radical right in our country. You know, the most spectacular incident, of course, was the Oklahoma City bombing uh, carried out by people who had a hatred of the federal government and felt that it was overreaching. And since that time, there have probably been a hundred different plots involving uh, efforts to kill federal officials, poison water supplies, and, and, and all of that. So the Bundys come out of a, uh, uh, of a milieu where uh, there has been an enormous amount of terrorism. Uh, so I, I understand exactly why Janelle would want to kind of describe this as a terrorist incident. You know, there's been no violence yet, but you can imagine something far worse happening from fanatics like this. Uh, I think these people have been described by the media as fanatics, as zealous. There has been, I think, some reluctance to call them terrorists. I'm not sure why. We certainly wouldn't call the uh, rioters in or the people involved in a disturbance in Ferguson or Baltimore wouldn't call them terrorists, but we would be very quick to, I think, uh, condemn them. And I'm not, I think people have been relatively quick, of course, to condemn the Bundys. Some, I mean, really quite, you know, I don't want to point fingers, but, you know, Sean Hannity, many Republican politicians uh, originally portrayed the Bundys as heroic. Uh, you know, uh, Chris, excuse me, uh, Ben Carson, uh, uh, Ted Cruz, Trump, uh, Rand Paul, all talked about how, you know, you know, the Bundys were standing tall against the man. And that type of uh, uh, portraying them as heroes, I think, uh, 
I think they should be held accountable for those kinds of, uh, that kind of encouragement of, that they've given them. Of course, you contrast this, um, how the protesters here are being dealt with, to 1985, Janelle, to uh, Philadelphia, when uh, the Philadelphia police bombed the Move House, killing 11 people, actually dropped a bomb on their house. Uh, 11 people killed, five of them were children. That is true. Um, I think, um, of course, I, as, as Mr. Cohen said, um, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to make um, direct comparisons between groups and events and responses. There are always variables on the ground, certainly not the least of which in this case is the sort of urban versus rural setting. But there is, it seems at least, a, a sort of clear um, difference in the escalation of language and or, as Mr. Cohen pointed out, some real differences in the way that uh, members of the media, but also um, the public, seem to think about and understand um, these individuals who are involved in different incidents. And it seems largely to be based on who they are rather than their cause or even more specifically what they're actually doing or not doing on the ground. Um, and I would just come back to all you have to do is look closely at specifically what Eamon Bundy has said about their goals and aims in Oregon and what they are prepared to do and the fact that these occupiers have come to this space. They certainly have a right to assemble. They have a right to protest. This is the United States. That is certainly true. But to occupy a building is um, perhaps a different uh, thing. It is not exactly the same as a protest. And further, to occupy a building while armed and to, in essence, invite uh, a confrontation and say that it's going to end in violence is an entirely different thing. And there seems to be some sort of, uh, uh, I, I guess there are certainly some people who view, they may agree with the sort of underlying principles of their reason for gathering or occupying this space, but they have ascribed to that um, a whole series of very principled um, ideas and labels, which is noteworthy because it certainly affects both the way that these issues are covered, but also I think the way that law enforcement feels it is appropriate to respond or how the public will react to law enforcement's response. Um, Janelle, I want to thank you for being with us. Um, we're going to move on to Portland, Oregon, to look at the roots of the land in the area of eastern Oregon. Uh, Janelle Ross, reporter for the Washington Post blog, The Fix. Richard Cohen, president of the Southern Poverty Law Center. When we come back, we'll go to eastern, we'll go to Portland, Oregon. Stay with us. Thank you. 
guys hear some crazy other shit. That's the end of the that's the end of the article. But I park. Yeah, I think by the point I was good proof that um <clears throat> that the that the the, the term the uh, terrorism is one that applies to a specific race and culture of people, and that the media have, have have really shown this, and that they will never call a white person a terrorist. That's Jake. And that the treatment that they're getting, she the, the 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 woman speaking, she used a good analogy for us, but she didn't she 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 didn't flip it on. She she knew you know who she was dealing with, but when she said that. When you see the rioters, or not the rioters, when you see the, the protesters, um, oftentimes they're getting categorized for who they are and not what they're doing. And we, the, the same thing with this issue that's going on in uh, o- Oregon. You know what I'm saying? They're, these they're That so-called militia is getting pacified because of who they are, and they're crackers, not for what they're doing. Ashe, and uh, something I, I found... Uh, Nobody wanted to admit <laughs> that, that I was taping that out. See? You know yeah. that this is because of, as you just mentioned, Brother Mikula. Even right. the sister was dancing around it. You yeah. know, even Amy Goodman. You know, that's what I said. But the cracker, the even the liberal, because she uh-huh. doesn't, she doesn't hit that cracker Jew in the face with what happened with Move after he. That said the bullshit that he didn't say, you know. I don't see how this is a terrorist act, even though they occupy the building, even though they are, you know, even though it's supposed to be a federal building. I, I, that's what I'm hearing. This is a terrorist act. No, I, I, I think it's unfair to call them that. You know, that is, she, she backed off of it right from the jump, sis. You know what I'm saying? Right, she don't back right smack him with well, yeah. what was the move thing? What, how do you explain the response? of the police and the MOVE organization that she rightfully uh, threw out there, but she doesn't hit him with it after, because he was the last one to smoke, saying that bullshit. She throws it to the sister. And the sister danced around it. Call this shit what it is. You know, it's interesting. Can't do it. It's like, it's, it's like, it's against the law to talk about racism, white racism and shit. Like when you in those those types of settings, it's like like you said, it it can be every motherfucking thing, but it can't be racially motivated. Or then they say, they say some shit like, well, you know, we can't really prove that. You know, we need more evidence. Like nigga, you got five hundred motherfucking years of evidence. How much more evidence do you need? Or is it just it goes against your agenda? It'll fuck your agenda up if the truth actually comes out. And that goes to the point of Sister Camille saying this is part of the reason a lot of the black people don't really know they're slaves. Because the way that the motherfucking system is playing the game right now, they're not telling you, like, nigga, y'all prisoners of fucking war. They're making us think all this shit is just kind of like, you know, well, if the black man didn't have the hoodie on, if he didn't have the hoodie, if he wasn't sagging, uh, if he didn't have a criminal record, 
you know, they ran his background. He had had a prior gun possession charge, da-da-da. And it's never because they, which he was a black man. So that's why y'all did it the way y'all did it. That's why y'all did this. That's why these sisters had trouble taking these fucking crack-ass cops, only getting this one throwaway, Daniel Holtzclaw, when it was a whole fucking police uh uh, it was a whole fucking police force that was doing this shit, but they had such a hard time because there was black women. If there was white women, this shit would have been all over the news, all over the country, all over the all over the world. Strictly because we Africans. Mm-hmm. And it's against protocol, white white racist protocol. To address it in that manner, because no, 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 it's against status quo, brother. And you, and, and that's pretty much what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Because it blows the it blows the cover off of it. Then we got another issue to deal with. Then we know we at war collectively. Then Benjamin Crump can sit the fuck down. And niggas can get down when they see him. They would know that they're sending. Uh, 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 a wolf in sheep's clothes to infiltrate behind in any line. And once that nigga come in, he should never be able to come out because niggas should take his ass and take him on and, and, and have a couple questions for that nigga, give him a nice cup of tea and make sure that's his last cup of tea. And when we start doing that type of shit, they ain't going to have no more Benjamin Crumps to send a nigga because they know they'll get a cup of tea, and that'll be their last cup of tea. In the same way with any sisters and Conalises, we, we'll quit letting them walk in on us with that bullshit. And then that's when motherfucking Mr. Char, Mr. Charlie, you know, we mean business. Mm-hmm. When he see we start handling these sellouts, he'll know, well, he, we, goddamn, we're going to have to negotiate with these motherfuckers. Because they finally waking up. Because without these motherfucking Toms and Thomasinas, this this could never be going on to the to the degree, and how long it's been going on. This has only been able to do this because of that spy network that Brother Copley was talking about. That these white people have already got a certain group of blacks that they send in, even niggas that we black power in with. We thinking, oh yeah, black power. This- Man, these niggas is is is, is, is agents, man. For lack of a better term, talking all that shit. Even some of the lecturers, man. I ain't trying to say no names, but some of them niggas is just straight fucking agents, man. Some of the niggas that we think is the thoroughest motherfuckers. And this is why motherfuckers got to do their own homework. That's what make a good agent, though, right? That's what I be saying. Feel me? You got a good agent gonna be thorough. Well, unless he wouldn't be in this position, he would be no good, no use. Can't be no regular motherfucker. So, what he gonna do? Benefactor. He gonna have connects and plugs other niggas ain't got. Hmm. Got information nobody got. See, he gonna have some shit. Good, he got to. Even the nigga that's supplying. Even the nigga that's supplying work, nigga. Where's this nigga coming with 40 keys, bro? How the fuck you getting 100 keys, dude? Getting it through and connect, making it to right? the hood. I got to connect, right? <laughs> Motherfucker Oliver North, son. 
<laughs> I'm just saying that shit don't happen unless, like you said, you in. We don't. We ain't got the. We ain't got access to that shit unless you in with it. You got to be in with this motherfucking thing. It's about resources, man. And you do simple math. Mm-hmm. Tech niggas, man. Fight for salt, sugar. My bad, make a rough. No, no, I'm just going over what y'all was saying. I was saying, but the whole thing, y'all noticed that, you know, they made truth for crime. And the science, there's a lie, there's, there's a science lying. Yeah, we just like that. That's a motherfucker. It's called criminal justice system, not citizen justice system, not a press justice system. Criminal. Tell you everything you need to know right there. And that's oxymoron. The criminal justice system. That's what I'm saying. They, they don't lie. They speak <laughs> Webster. They tell you right there in front of your face. You, uh, you uh, motherfucker, make it think it because you want to believe that it's nice, it's good, it's going to do some right by you. But it's telling you right there you got to be a criminal in order to get justice. That's why criminals get justice. What Malcolm X say, democracy is nothing more than hypocrisy. That's uh, it. Right. Black power. They fork tongue devils. Everything they do. So the fact, always look at the fact that the motherfucking in Oregon are the, the fact that they won't even call them what they are is hypocrisy. The fact that they didn't blow the motherfucker's head off. You know what I'm saying, nigga? How you walking around strapped? Taking over buildings? Only white people can do that shit. Nigga said, we strapped, nigga. We take it. If you come down here, we going to the death with it. And Pete Howard, yeah. nigga, now if that would have. If that was in Africa, you can't call it what it is. It's hypocrisy. No doubt. God damn it. Truth is a crime. What they can do is a crime. That's hypocrisy. It's all that shit's hypocrisy. The fact that you can't even the crackers got guns, and according to the even they shit, this this the guidelines for terrorism. They can't even call it with it. That's hypocrisy. You see what I'm saying? They said, look, look. They said the sister who drove the car up on the sidewalk might be with terrorist organization in Las Vegas, and she just fucking drove on the sidewalk and hit a couple crackers, maybe. And say was like, well, we gotta check it and see if this is if she's if she's linked with a terror if she's linked with a terrorist organization. Okay, and let's add on to that. That that's a sister that was homeless with a hey. three year old baby in the car with the Cracker Beach police on her in the parking lot. No weapons, no weapons, no arms. Okay, but even when we go to what they call a protest, and you you know. They're not, they have no weapons. Like somebody said earlier, they got signs. And you got tanks, pepper gun, pe- pe- uh, pepper spray, bomb shit, you shooting gas, rubber bullets. I mean, this real shit, you know what I'm saying? Hey. And these motherfuckers, you're going to say, well, it's a peaceful protest. And they locked and loaded. Talking about, we're we, 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 we willing to die. What? Okay. We all stupid. Can I read can I read some shit off for y'all real quick? 
An Associated uh, Press dispatch on July 26, 1968, reported, and these are a bunch of quotes. This is coming from um, New Orleans. New York Governor Nelson A. Rockefeller says, as president, he would work towards international creation of a new world order. On January 30th, 1976, a, do- a new document called the Declaration of Independence was introduced to the American people. It was signed by 32 senators and 90 representatives in Washington, D.C., and it read in full part, quote, two centuries ago, our forefathers brought forth a new nation. Now we must join with others to bring forth a new world order. Another individual who has committed to Harry Kissinger, former Secretary of State, according to the state Seattle Post, listen to this, according to the Seattle Post Intelligence of April 18, 1975, Mr. Kissinger said, our nation is uniquely endowed to play a creative and decisive role in the new world order which is taking form around us. President George Bush gave the commencement address at Texas A&M University on May 12, 1989, and he used similar words as well. His speech was on the subject of Soviet-American relations, and he was quoted as saying, in part, ultimately, our objective is to welcome the Soviet Union back into the world order. Perhaps the world order of the future will truly be a family of nations. Historian Walter Mills maintained that prior to World War One, Colonel Edward Mandel's house, the major advisor to Woodrow Wilson, the president at the time, had a hidden motive for involving America in the war. The historian wrote, quote, the colonel's sole justification for preparing such a batch of blood for his countrymen was his hope of establishing a new world order of peace and security. And I can keep going with the quotes, but I want to read this right here, right? They all they all connecting, they all talking the same language. Quote, openly declare their ends can be obtained only by forcible overthrow of all existing social conditions. Never Webster, a writer on the subject of uh, conspiratory organizations in the past, wrote this title in her book, oh, it's female, my bad, entitled Secret Societies, the revolution desired by the leaders of revolution is a moral and spiritual revolution, an anarchy of ideas by which all standards set up throughout 19 centuries shall be reversed, all honored traditions trampled underfoot, and above all, the Christian ideal finally obliterated. Did y'all hear that? Let's go one more from another motherfucker we're familiar with. That these out that these future changes would involve force and slavery was confirmed by B. F. Skinner. Let me let me go up, let me go up, let me go up. Another clue about what is in store for the future world was offered by Dr. James H. Billingston, who received his doctrine at Rhodes Scholar at Oxford, he's from England, and has taught at Oxford and Princeton Universities. He wrote this in his book entitled Fire in the Minds of Men. Quote, this book seeks to trace the origins of a faith, perhaps the faith of our time. What is new is the belief that a perfect, secular, meaning, worldly order will emerge 
from the forcible overthrow of traditional authority, that these future changes would involve force and slavery, was confirmed by B.F. Skinner, chairman of the psychological department at Harvard University, in his book entitled Beyond Freedom and Dignity, Dr. Skinner has been called, quote, the most influential of living American psychologists by Time magazine. So the world should listen to the professor when he speaks. The magazine told the reader what the message of professor's book was, quote, we can no longer afford freedom, and so it must be replaced with control over men, his conduct, and his culture. What are they doing to put it in place? I think, Sister Camille, you probably got this book. I'm going to read this right here. This book was written, I think, in 1990 something. 99, 1990. So the people of the world can now determine what those changes are and that the positions of implementing those changes are in store for them. In this short summary, these are the changes that will be taking place. The old world is coming to an end. It will be replaced with a new way of doing things. The new world will be called the new world order. This new structure will redistribute property from the have nations and will give it to the have-not nations. The new world order will include changes in the family. Homosexual marriages will be legalized. Parents will not be allowed to raise their children. The state will. All women will be employed by the state and not allowed to be homemakers. Divorce will become exceedingly easy, and monogamous marriage will be slowly phased out. The workforce or the workplace, the government will become the owner of all the factories of production. The private ownership of property will be outlawed. Religion, religion will be outlawed, and believers will be either eliminated or imprisoned. There will be a new religion, the worship of man in his mind. All will believe in this new religion. Sound like Scientology, don't it? The United States will play a role in bringing it into the world. World wars have been fought to further its aims. Adolf Hitler, the Nazi socialist, supported the goal of the planners. The majority of the people would not readily accept the new world order, but would be deceived into accepting it by two strategies. The first strategy is those in favor of the changes will have become seated in very high thrones of power generally without the public realizing that fact. Two, the old world order will be destroyed piece by piece by a series of planned nibbles at the established format. The Communist Party is actively supporting the changes to the new world order. You're talking about this when the book was read. That was the was, uh, Democratic Party, you could say. The basic tenets of Christianity, which were the base for the new world order, will be eliminated. If the slower, methodical techniques of change do not function, violence will be introduced and controlled by the planners. The people of the world will give up their freedom to these, quote, controllers because there will be a planned famine or some other serious occurrence, such as a depression or a war. That's fine. 
Black Power, <clears throat> I tell you, brother, when that, that makes me think of uh, the sister you put me on, uh, the great queen, um, Marimba Annie, um, analysis of uh, the anthropology of the beast coming through Plato's philosophy. And particularly where you mentioned the annihilation of what was used as to build the foundation or what they feel is to build their foundation, uh, the religion of perversion Christianity, for example, which you mentioned. Who was that called again? Brother Nakuma, which is reading. The New World Order by Ralph Emerson. Yeah. Uh, Ralph mm-hmm. No. And, and, and you really listen to what he was saying. You look at what's going on, <clears throat> like man, you was talking about earlier. They trying this shit in the black community first, and they pushing it out to the rest of the motherfucking globe. Yeah, I got uh, I got to get that again. That's a definite. Yeah. Mhm. The first person, the first men to really lose their jobs is the black male. The black male unemployment rate is what somewhere like around fifty percent. Why the second might be higher than that now. The one up. Breaking down right now, brother. I haven't even finished reading this book. A lot of books I haven't finished reading because I, I peck at them. You know, they've been calling me, you know, I'll pick them back up and so forth. Like this one, right now, to the discussion we were talking about was calling me like, <laughs> Chapter 29, The Attack on the Family. Uh, one of these is Sir Francis Kirk, a British medical doctor, a socialist, and by the way, signer of the human, the, human, the Humanist Manifest too. He has been quoted as saying that he foresees the day when He's talking about he foresees the day when, quote, no newborn infant will be declared human unless it has passed certain tests regarding its genetic endowment. If it fails these tests, it forfeits its right to live. Anthony Hitler did when he was uh, putting mandates to German women and men. That if they were having uh they were having children if they were uh, medically deficient if they were retarded and so forth they was getting put in the concentration camp with Jews he was trying to purify his race. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think there's a real parallel between that sister's uh, book, Yeruhu, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and um, the New World Order book. Mm. I see what you're saying, Sister Kamea. You're going to have me really, really, because I'm going to open the book up on the wall, but you're going to have me going to that assessment she made with Plato. Yes, King. Yes. 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 We're going to go into that because 
I, I'm familiar with Plato's work, but I've never really just resonated or really just, you know, you know like, what, what the fuck was his, what was his ideology? What was he really saying? What, what was it that he, what was it, what is, what, what is it in his philosophy that inspires Europeans? You know what I mean? Why are they bigging him up? So yeah, we're about to do that because we can go into that, you know. Brother Boy, I think we should have a Queen's Week coming up where we going just to work so the elder queens, uh, they got messages too. And what it's going to take to, you know, women write, women write totally different men. It, it, oftentimes it takes a female with similar antennas to pick up on what they're talking about. You know what I mean? So we should have a Queen's Week in here. We go through, you know, Maroomba Andy, you know, First Chris Wilson and so forth, and, uh, Drew Polkum and et cetera. Oh, I say. Black Power. Black Power. I know I'm going to have to buy a couple of books. I've been putting it off, more than a couple. I'm going to have to get that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Brother Mikro, I think that is a, a great, great um, suggestion. Yeah, sure. Because, you know. Yeah, I, sec- I second that. I second. Yeah. Francis Cross Wilson, he played the matches of the born. That shit was, he was hitting on some heavy stuff, man. From a Queen's perspective, too, so it's just a little different detail. But dang. Damn. I mean, she, she was a warrior with it in her own way. I mean, I forgot who just posted that joint, and I was watching the arm um, when she just ate the cracker. You know what I'm saying? When she was on um, that Brother Tony show, and she was in a red, black, and green dress. (laughs) Black power, rocking the fro back then. That's beautiful, yo. You know what I loved about her, though? She was very, uh, her sexuality. She wore that shit proudly. She was like, I, mean, I love, to, you know, a black man. I love to make love to a black man. And I ain't got no problem saying she wore that shit like, like the queens is supposed to. You know what I'm saying? It was something, the way she spoke about it, it just made you feel proud, you know what I'm saying, to have a sister. That's right. And she, and she knew, like, the, there's no comparison. The black man for the black woman, I mean, there's no comparison and vice versa. Like, why would you want a genetically recessive individual for your mate, sexually or, you know what I'm saying, Phyllis, you know what I mean, even, like, to marry? Why would you want to fuck with a genetic recessive? Like, how could that be pleasurable for you? I say, or um, get with the white sexual perversion of homosexuality. What? She um, definitely... uh, Open that up wide and, and showed its origin. I, I never really knew she was that raw with it. Like, I never heard her go that, that rough, that rough. She came, she came raw with it, revolutionary with it. Usually I'm listening. I'm used to her hear, speaking, like, scientifically, medically and shit. That was the first time I really heard her go, like, revolutionary with it. Back 
say to that. Well, I like that clip, brother boy, play because it show you. You know, it's good for us to hear hear how they how they protocol is regarding how to, uh, you know, because the reporters, you know, they getting their shit handed down. They getting orders handed down from them from higher sources, higher powers. But just to see, you know, what I, what I'm so shocked about is how everybody's following everything to the T. No one's even, you know, used to have an arrow. You say, fuck it. You know, the, in, you know, the best, the best media journalist, the only reporters niggas should really be fucking with is the Mexican ones. Because that's the only, the Mexican, these Mexican motherfuckers, the cartels, you know, even, even Mexican police are different. Mexican police, they got to wear masks on their face. The Mexicans don't even fuck with their police. Or not. They don't get touched. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was in, I, I was in Tijuana and, uh me, me and Pops are down in Tijuana, and I'm having a taco drinking a Corona, and I, I don't know the language down there. I mean, I, I know a little bit of Spanish, but in terms of the waves and shit, I look, it's a ghost town. One minute this shit live in the motherfucker. I look again, it's a ghost town. Goddamn federalities come out of nowhere. Motherfuckers with 50 cows on top of jeeps and shit, little hummers with tanks and whatnot. I'm like, oh, shit. And they all had a, a, a mask on their face. You see what I'm saying? You couldn't see the identity. So, you know, so it's the, the main part of going for a Mexican cop is to maintain, the, to do their job and to maintain their identity. So they show you the protocol that they have put in place. You know what I'm saying? And in America, it's, it's kind of different. It's way different. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they don't, they have no fear of, uh, 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 because of how criminal their motherfucking system is. You see what I'm saying? They'll have you to believe that Mexican court, you know, they're a little more, they're, they're primitive compared to the, our justice system, but shit, they may be corrupt, but they're still humane in certain areas, you know what I mean? I think even in Jamaica, I think, murder is 20 years, 30 years is the max, but 20 years for sure, you know what I mean? No motherfucking life, you know what I'm saying, type of aspect here. So, when it comes to us, they have to do different terminology, and, you know, the fucking reporter, the, you know, the journalist, the investigative journalist, that motherfucker is not independent thinking, and, and you know, job security is a motherfucker. They all, they all caught themselves and checked their tongues, you know what I'm saying? And, Brother Mikra, you know what's so funny with what you're saying, and rightfully so, you're, uh, I'm in total agreement, is that this is supposed to be um, one of the few independent from, quote-unquote, you know, the white racist corporate world, even though it's white racist-owned, you know, they're supposed to be liberal. Uh, this is commercial-free. They don't take no money from the government and, and the corporations, but yet and still, huh? What Brother Little say? Status quo. They got to follow the norm of the status quo. That's one-on-one sociology. Okay. Because human beings have this 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 need to want to um, be involved with people. Like that's why that's why the most sickest thing that they've been planted in our, our psyche is this this uh this idea of the individual 
who run this shit, whether you be male or female. You know what I mean? The the the, the ego that don't need nobody. You know, where did that shit come from? Because nature, nature shows us that goddamn it, we've only been successful in surviving as a species is because our brain and our ability to communicate with others, our people, and and the ability to communicate in numbers to get to get shit done, right? Mm-hmm. We have no thick fur. We have no right. We have our brain power, and shit. Let's be. Let's let's let's, let's take it even a step further. God damn it, we are the most. We're born in need because, god damn it, when a, when a cow has a, a, a calf, that calf stands up within like two three hours after being born. You see what I'm saying? The human being is what five years dependent. Uh, the most defenseless thing in nature is a crying baby between a newborn age and and crawling, right? Okay. So who created this idea or implanted or inculcated <laughs> this, this, uh, this, this psychology that I don't need nobody and I can do it by myself? Who benefits from that type of mentality? So somebody does benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shame. That's it. Shame. It comes out of that. They they are silly. It comes out of their psyche. Mm-hmm. Their culture. They only got hip to group. <clears throat> to 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 group empowerment when they bring it to the Africans. Okay, now. They don't know about that shit. They saw us running our shit, our grander, you know, our grander in our society. They like, whoa, these motherfuckers on top of some shit. We let them come in at the feet of the elders, and they peeped shit out, took that shit back, and they knew. They said, okay, we really, we see how they making moves, like how they're excelling, how they're developing at such high levels. So it's through a certain type of unity. Family, clan, nation. So they was like, we got to destroy the first part of their cellular social structure. So that's going to be the, dis- dis- the destruction of the relationship between the black male and the black female. And they've been doing that shit ever since. Mm-hmm. That's a good breakdown, too, brother. Because when you look at it, that's been... Okay, I'll say this. I'll say this based on what you said. Integration has been there too from day one. The Native Americans, they 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 shit going, they had they thing going, but the European wanted to integrate. He wanted to marry into their clans. And when when you look at it from that aspect, you'll see something totally different. And that's what happened. It wasn't the Native Americans because what benefit we have from trying to marry after they established shit. Then we wanted to marry into their their families and shit. But we come out when they first had, you know what I mean. When they first, when they came out the icebox that second time. I say, even in their mythology, right? What, what was um, Abraham going to do with his wife Sarah? Mm-hmm. When they got to Egypt, give her up, right? Integrating, integrating. You see them constantly on the integrate with other people's society mm-hmm. for the purpose of learning it, dominating it, and then controlling it, like a parasite. Yeah, we can call them parasitic culture. You know, when it comes to culture, 
they're, they've been parasitic cultural. I'm, I'm going to come up with a good word for you, motherfucker. Your, your boy said it already, Beckerai. Adele Jones, culture, they culture bandits. There you go, culture bandits, yeah. More like culture vultures because they're going to kill your shit first. <laughs> yeah, once they get it, it's never the same. Oh, yeah, it's gone, no. though. Who know that better than the African? Who know that better than us? Hmm. That's why I like the, um, has anybody ever seen Africa, a time of trouble, the coming of the European? Uh, I got to see just from what you just, the, the title, I got to see that shit. I have to think. John Henry Clark. Africa, a time of trouble, the coming of the Europeans. Dr. Clark goes into a little bit when the when the European starting to wake up and come out that ice box and what he's doing to his own people. Huh. And he goes into okay, you heard the part. You heard when Dr. Clark talked about uh, how we conquer Spain, right? And how that back then in those times, Europeans would cross over Europe and come to Africa and would tell us where their own people was weak at. Right. Other Clark said it was it was other Europeans who told us they the one that told us about Spain. You come this way, there'll be so many troops here, you take it over. Feel me? These are Europeans who were dis- these were Europeans who were disgruntled outcasts. But the Clark say, when uh, 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 Tarek, when he invaded Spain, uh, uh, Madam, what's her name? Madam, Madam, uh, oh, Blotsky, something like that. Yeah, something like that. She wrote her book. Uh, 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 the goddamn the Moors, the, the Africans. Uh, uh, horses were more better dressed than all the kings of Europe. He said the horses. The horses were better dressed than all the kings of Europe, and that and and that the the, the uh, all of them rode on the black steed, but the general was blacker still, meaning that he was a black man who had on all white, and his horse had on all white. But the horse was black too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And after, when they came to Spain, the 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 the, the heralds and the women they took off they they the, the, the you know their little cloth veils and threw them threw them down right by the feet. You know, remember you know coming to America, they dropped the roses. Uh-huh. When they, when the kings came, the women took the took the scars off their faces, took the scars, and dropped them down, and, and let let, let the, uh, the men's horses trample through. But, but, but yeah, re- listen to that if you can, you know. Because remember, after Doctor Clark eyesight started shaving, you know, he started going to lectures and so forth. But he goes into a lot of things: the the third crusade, the child crusade, what Europeans were doing to themselves. He explains how the crusades wasn't about 
the church at all. It was to save the people from the. It was to save the church from the wrath of the people. It explained a whole lot of behavior. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You said Africa, a time of trouble, the coming of the European. Africa, a time of trouble, the coming of the European. Yes, sir. Brother McCraw, I'm going to post it in the hangout. You let me know if this is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I think we forget, Michael. These motherfuckers left out of Europe, man. They, it was a war move. They rolled out. Nobody was coming back home empty-handed. No matter where they went, nigga knew he couldn't come back with nothing. But the motherfuckers was hell-bent on making sure, you know what I'm saying? It was all about the booty, homie. All about the booty. Feel me? Nigga, we're going to die. Nigga, you got to kill me to be making a fool of myself coming back home with nothing. When you look at it from that perspective, that's it. Just come here, that's it. Yeah. You look at it from that perspective, you know that this is your enemy by nature. Like, there's no way possible you can trust nothing these motherfuckers doing and saying at no point in time. I don't give a fuck what it looks like or what it sounds like. Dr. Clark say the only uh, reason they was fighting, the only reason they was fighting was to see who was going to rule over you. To this very day, do you think them ranchers over there, folks? They tired of not ruling. They want to they want to rule you now. So that constitution say you three fifths, nigga. I get back to them chains. Motherfuckers is wondering why we can't get nigga get shot up in the street and wonder why there ain't no indictment and shit. Like motherfuckers. You must you must then read that you must then read the constitution in, in all its facets. That's another thing about Amos Wilson. He said there's two parts to a contract. The written part and the unwritten part. He broke that shit down. Yeah, he sure did. It's the unwritten. It's the unwritten. Status quo. Status motherfucker quo. That that dictates your your, your enemy's play. Crackers ain't gonna want to be isolated. So in not order to be isolated, I gotta go with the program. That's the only thing that allows uh, white racism to work. The average everyday Joe Schmo whitey motherfucker. Because without them motherfuckers, shit wouldn't work. Only way it's not going to work is when they disgruntled. 
any disgruntling, that, that's, that's what the ranchers are showing you. When they disgruntled, they're going to work some shit out. They're going to throw a monkey wrench in the program. Hold up. Yeah. I'm saying it's the average everyday nine-to-five working Joe that allows that system to stay in place and play itself out. Exactly. They allow the police to patrol, citizens on patrol, right? They they are the, they are the military, right? That's them. They ain't gonna be your fireman. They gonna be your doctor. They they know that. And it's uh, those that look like us that they have orders to shoot and kill first, not those that look like them. No matter what, no matter how no matter young, what. no matter how old. You don't look like they son or daughter, so, you know, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't going to remind them of little um, Jimmy and Becky. <laughs> you Ray Ray. Even with mm. Obama's. With Obama's little biracial ass up in the motherfucking spot. They call Obama a nigger to his face. What you mean? <laughs> yeah, but when you see shit like that, that shit give you the illusion. If you ain't on point, you know, the average lay motherfucker really thought some shit was changing when when, when they when they elected that motherfucking half-breed. A lot of niggas really, really thought shit was we was on the way up. The same. Uh, That's it. Things only change to remain the same. No doubt. When you, when you look at people who've been in power, who've been running game, what one thing that they noticed is when you got faces that 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 that, that represent tyranny. And you have a system that, cause that's longer than that face. You empower all the time. See, the game is the same. But for some reason, when this nigga say it, these motherfuckers think that it's for them. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And then that nigga die off or his term gets finished. And nigga the same motherfucker. He's saying the same shit that the other nigga was saying. He just saying it a little different. But for some reason, people think it's, you understand what I'm saying? But if you really listen to the message that they're saying, the past four or five presidents, they've been saying the same motherfucking thing. They've been surrounding themselves with the same fucking cabinet, the same. Okay, it's like, it's like, it's like let's use football or let's use sports right now. It's like saying the, 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 the Cowboys or something or whatever, fuck it, the Niners. The Niners going to win the ring. Because they got a new coach, but they still got the same whack ass motherfucker team. No, nigga, it's gonna have to take some new play. You see what I'm saying? Some shaking and baking going on. You know what I mean? And when they do get a, a nice run at the shit, they're gonna keep them. You know, they're gonna keep the same roster, or they're gonna try to keep the same protocol going on. It's like that with, with this whole government shit with these presidents. But look, I don't want to use the term governments. I want because governments can be created by any motherfucker who's running the money. So in the past, you know, 
Okay, we came over here in slavery. We'll say in, we'll use this shit. Sixteen nineteen. Since since sixteen nineteen till now, since, we'll say three hundred years, three hundred four hundred years. They've been able to create all type of different governments. You see what I'm saying? Different currencies and so forth. But you got to go to the essence of what that shit was really created on, what the shit was based on, to really find out what it is, what it was, what was it created to be, and so forth. You know what I mean? And they've noticed that faces, like to my point, faces die off. And when you can take like, like Obama, like my little said, they gonna, they, hell yeah, they're going to call a nigga a nigga. Because Obama really saying the same shit Bush was saying and doing. But for some reason, motherfuckers, because he looked like us, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the whole, you know, that's what, you know. Yeah, they know they even know this shit because it used to be some countries get 20, 30 years, 10 years to fucking fuck the people's minds up. America, four years. You know, two terms. And then we're going to put another face in there because we know that eventually if we keep the same nigga in there too long, you'll get you'll get caught up to, you'll, you'll learn the message real good because you'll get familiar with him. You see what I'm saying? So we'll give you two, we'll give him two terms, four years, eight years. After that 10-year mark, my fuckers will start remembering. You know what I mean? And in case in point to back you up with that, he pushes his ass. The who? Pushes his punk ass. He was up in there a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Catching up. Yeah, going yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you're right, brother Little. Cause did, did his daddy get... No, no, his daddy got one time, huh? Then he got nah, two nah, times. Nah, they both did, but they both, they both, they both did the full stint. That's what had happened. That's like sixteen years of the mm-hmm. motherfucker. So that's what you were saying. Nah, the pops only got one. Oh yeah, he did only get one, huh? He did. But shit, all that they the same motherfuckers anyway. Who came after him? First daddy, Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, that's what had happened. You right. The new he dude came on the scene. He was too concentrated in that four years. They had to bring a then, Democrat. Then after that, the they, went back, they went back to Bush, Bush, right? Yeah. Same. He was saying the same thing that Bush was saying, but the fact that he was a Democratic and he smiled a little more. I was say he had that smile. He had that smile. He had that fucked up Arkansas accent. No, he had, and he hugged, and he hugged that little black boy, put him on his knee. It was he brought in uh, a stereotype, um, harsh legislation with welfare reform. Mm-hmm. He did it with a smile, though. You see? With no asshole about it. That's right. He's the reason for the dive in the jobs with NAFTA in this country, them going out of the country, and uh, not making companies have to pay a penalty for that, like other countries do. And he did some other fucked up shit. I mean, some real fucked up shit. I can't think of it right now, and it's a shame that I can't. Well, the main thing to focus on is how they just passed the baton on the war shit. None of them took their eyes off that pride. So it's just going with Mickey Rob saying it's the same old program, just different directors. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm telling y'all, right now, because Donald Trump going to win because of everybody's fascination with this celebrity life. And Donald Trump was a, is a celebrity, right? 
show Ashe. them up. That's why Reagan won. He's even better than Reagan. Media is much mm-hmm. more explosive now all over. Mm-hmm. He, 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 You know what I'm saying? When Reagan no, ran, no, he was an actor. He wasn't on TV in the movies. Trump was on The Apprentice. You know, he got a tagline. You fired. How the fuck you say this shit? <laughs> yeah, you fired. You fired. Yeah. <laughs> With the toupee, though. The toupee was chilling me now. <laughs> and that cracker, that cracker cockiness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cause that motherfucker pretty much call you a nigger or a wetback right on the mic. <laughs> like we gotta get these wetbacks. Oh, uh, he big time here. now. He don't gotta say it. He got he got somebody in the crowd gonna say it for him. That's right, man. Everybody's letting him slide again on the prosecution of those innocent brothers who were teenagers at the time. In the Central Park Jogger case. Okay? He took out a full page ad. Damn near calling for them to be hanged. You know, I'm trying to tell you, I, I haven't read the article since coming. Well, I'm surprised somebody hasn't came up. You remember when remember, oh, was it was Ronald Reagan? Remember, or was it, I think it was Ronald Reagan when nigga with his name spelled out the devil six 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 his letters. I'm surprised somebody didn't do this shit with Trump yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, and Bush too. Uh, uh, W. Yeah, and W. Bush and shit. Nigga, do Trump name. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? What you gonna get when you do that nigga name? You know, nigga got hotels. He was, you know, he's the American dream. He'd have been bankrupt, but still got back on his feet. He can say all that shit, but he he all he can always push that line and say, "I've I worked hard to keep create jobs and keep them here back home." He appealed to them rednecks, and goddamn it, they gave you a nigga president, so they can bring whoever the fuck they want to bring in now to satisfy. You know what I mean? Okay, now, and, and <laughs> see, and that's the illusion of Trump, because Trump come from old money. Mm-hmm. Trump inherited his money. And then fucked it up and had to get bailed out. That illegal drug. By the government. You know what I'm saying? Nigga had to get money. And he bounced the fuck back off that bailout. And then he and then he a businessman. He 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 never in the past even talked politics. Well, until now, he's seen another time is right. It's so fucked up right now. I can do this shit. <laughs> and then nigga talking like, the way he's talking is like, look at this fucking country. Like, y'all need me right now. What the fuck y'all going to do without me? Like, if I don't do this shit, who's going to get this shit together? Like, he, he talking this shit like it's a business that's flopped. And he about to put the shit back on his feet. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's that's called a corporation. <laughs> America ain't no country. It's a corporation. It's a business. That's exactly what he's doing. That's why you can't be no small Joe off the fucking street. Nigga, what business have you ran? What more? Exactly. What, 14, what million dollar companies have you ran, dog? We in the, we in the, we in the business of money. And we go to war for our shit. 
You understand me? It's the biggest shit out. That's why all corporations got got their own little army, military, little militiamen. Ain't no more armies. It's all paid contractors, baby. Call of Duty teams everywhere. Everywhere. We call them mercs, huh? Uh-huh. They trained, and, and, and this country trained them. And lease them out. Make money off of them. Crack again on TV. Yeah, man. You know, what they call Blackwater. Oh, fucking they, they What? Power. Then to get like Mickey Roberts reading, they gonna change the world by one way. I heard force like goddamn a hundred times. You know what I'm saying? That's all I came here. Boy, look, we gonna try this. That shit don't work. We gonna we gonna fuck. We gonna force. <laughs> look, we gonna do this. That shit don't work. Well, we gonna force them. You know, ain't no thing. Hey, nigga, we gonna we gonna set it up to where you beg us to come and take help your shit out. Yeah, right. I gotta put you up, set you up right, set you up left, so I get you in the middle. So I start a fire on the left, start a fire on the. You gotta come through the middle, baby. Huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Let's see. It's gonna be another. Uh. Uh. We call it. We call it in America. It's looking real kosher. And it's only because it's a large population of us here, right? And they can keep their tensions down among themselves because of us here. But what's really going on in America and what Trump represents, Sister Camille says he's old money. He old money coming from where, though, Sister Camille? Uh, uh, where his folks coming from up the hill? He's he a Western European, huh? Mm-hmm. What trouble, Trump, 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 Trump? Somebody, somebody, do a little googling, nigga. What, 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 what part of Europe is folks from? Where he was born, that'll give a little small indication. Okay. Uh, he was born in Queens. Well, his grandfather chose to angelicized the ancestral Durumpf, D-R-U-M-P-F, English Devon, metonomic occupation name for trumpeter, from Middle English Trumpy or Trumpet, German, um, Bavaria. Western European, okay.
from Queens. Yeah, that's why I say born in Queens. Interesting. You see what I'm saying? Because a lot of these new senators right now, he see it. I, I, I get away with talking this shit to other crackers because they know it's true. I love talking about it because, you know, crackers are, you know, what's wrong with your people and all that shit? Huh, nigga, what's wrong with your people? What you mean? Man, these Eastern Europeans just take over y'all country, huh? Do you know that there's more fucking, uh, a, a whole goddamn lobby, a whole lobbyist of Eastern Europeans in the past 10 to 20 years? And they, you know, they've been, they've been like for 30 years, but now in the past 10 years, the 15 years, they've been, they've been lobbying in, in numbers in, in, in little small locks and position. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Second, third generation. Meaning their parents came, some of them came as early as after the, uh, the Jews, they was allowing some of the Jews to come after World War II. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, were, they were the, the kids of baby boomers. You know what I mean? I'm going to share this um, site in the Hangout. It says a Trump mother was Scottish, a Scottish immigrant. Uh-huh. Born on the Isle of Lewis, off the western coast of Scotland, and Trump's paternal grandparents were German immigrants. His grandfather, Frederick Trump, immigrated to the United States in 1885 and became a naturalized U.S. citizen in 1892. Frederick married Donald's grandmother, Elizabeth Christ, at um at Kallstad, then Kingdom of Bavaria. Now, that's interesting because what part of, not to say that he was part of the Jews, but you, we do know there was, uh, at that time period, that's when you had uh, the Western Jews come here. Mm-hmm. The first ones were the Sephardi, the 1600s. At that time, you have, in 1800s, you have The Ashkenazi, the Western ones. Eastern. Excuse me, Eastern. What's the name of the Western ones? The bottom. The bottom. Thank you, King. Thank you, King. Thank you. Yes, bottom. Okay. So, what what are the Spain Spanish ones called? Those. The those are bottom. As well, I gotta. It refers refers to a particular uh, Sephardim to the the Spanish Jews. Which, which is that early time frame, but what you 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 right on point in the, in the Ashkenazi or the Eastern European, uh, but the, the Sephardim are the aristocrats. Mm-hmm. And then you have you know the poor ones, the Eastern Europeans that came at that late after that uh, turn of the century in early nineteen hundreds so on. The fact that he, the fact that his pop or Scott Scott Scotman, he entitled to you know what I mean. He, he's a Westerner, you know what I mean. He fit that criteria of being. Uh, uh, remember, remember, gangs. Remember, he was a where he was. He was an Anglo 
Protestant Saxon. He was a he was a wasp. Okay. Now you have see the see the the proof that the wasps grip on on power is that the old new order the old order the old order was the wasp order that we was under the Anglo uh, 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 white Anglo-Saxon Protestant movement because they they Christians but they white Christians meaning they don't answer to the to the Pope no more because they the England right now. The new ones, the Eastern Europeans, they're they getting they taking God out of church slowly for slowly. And the ones when you look at the lobbyists and, and the senators who are passing these bills, they're Eastern Europeans. You see what I'm saying? The KKK answer to they they are white crackers, but they got issues among themselves too. They they represent the Anglo Saxon. That's the KKK represent the WASP. They white Christians. They don't fuck with Catholics. Well, they fuck with, you know, but that's their reign. They got a problem with this shit because the Klan don't have a lot of control in the Senate no more. Like they used to in the 60s. Feel me? The, the Klan's still around. But the Jews is running shit. Now, that's a unique relationship, and they do talk to one another, too. I've seen it on the prison level, you know what I'm saying? There's a relationship between the Jews and the KKK. The Jews are smart enough to know that they run the KKK because they they wrote their book, feel me? They know they wrote their book. But, yeah. Yeah, and they both they both tag team against us. They know they roll. They need each other. Yeah, we should we need to dig into this a little more though, because this, this I'm telling you, this nigga Trump gonna be the president. He and he like brother what the brother was saying. He got this little like this little like this vibe by himself. Like these niggas ain't got nothing on me. This is my competition. And them other niggas love look corny. I mean, all politicians is corny, but he come up there with a little facade. You know what I'm saying? He running his mouth. You know what I'm saying? He like the Elvis Presley of the gang and shit. Yeah, he entertaining. <laughs> Listen, he was on The Apprentice. You fired. <laughs> he know he know how to, yeah. He, he was pulled on to... the shit, you know what I mean? He got that swag, man. Listen, if Trump become the president, please understand that this second reconstruction period is officially over. Uh, it, the what Brother Mikarai read out of the New World Order, which I'm gonna have to get back. I wish I didn't get that away. I gotta get that back. It will be in effect because I'm I'm with the sister. I'm telling you, I'm with the queen on this shit. No, they bringing that republic to life. So Trump is a that's a that's a that's Clinton Clinton paid Trump and Bernie Sanders, man. That's for everybody to vote for Bernie Sanders too old looking, too silly looking for people to vote for. <laughs> so, so then you got Trump over there acting a fool where he's gonna win the Republicans 
know what I'm saying, ticket, but they gonna that's gonna rush all the you know, the the, the on the fence Republicans, they gonna go for Clinton. That's really a Clinton thing, I'm telling you. He he there to make sure Clinton wins. Okay. I can see you on that. Yeah, they make and it. we still in trouble. <laughs> we still in trouble. Now listen, all this stuff yeah. what? Trump, <laughs> it applied to Clinton. The cracker beast bitch has been vicious and And we need a motherfucker like Simon Legree up in that bitch. That's when the shit gets so raw, it's going to make Matt Turner. It's going to make, you know what I'm saying, Harriet Tub. As long as this shit is to the point where niggas can cope, you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers ain't going to get up off their goddamn, they ain't going to get off their sofa, man. They ain't going to get off. They ain't gonna get in front of from in front of Empire, man. We need somebody in there that's gonna clamp down, make a nigga have to get real. That's the only reason you getting motherfuckers like, you know, in the early days of slavery, motherfuckers the shit so raw, nigga, it's like either you just gonna either you gonna get free or you just gonna pretty much live a life of fucking misery. Now, which one you gonna you know man, it's on you. You got a lot more motherfuckers that's just willing to fight because the conditions was just so unbearable. Really, just surviving wasn't an option because it was so brutal. Motherfuckers can come knock on your door, rape you anytime, work you 24 hours, damn near 22 hours. So it's like, goddamn, compared to this, like, I'm, I'd rather be dead than do this shit. When the game get a little bit more greasy like that, it's going to force niggas to kind of like, and he up, start looking at that shit from a different angle. Mm-hmm. My, my perspective. Shit, niggas is just a little too comfortable right now, including myself. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing. America will never let Hillary Clinton be president. A black woman has a better chance of being the president than ever, ever let a white woman be the president because this country wasn't founded for white white women. This country was founded for free white men with property. They already got the queen, nigga. They ain't trying to get enough. And I, I was told this: when you see a when you see a brother with a white girl, those are two minorities. You ever heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Yeah, I know. It just sounded funny as shit. Niggas be thinking they be coming up with, you know, trying to get get them a snow bunny and whatnot. But believe it or not, by you know, by social class standards, those are two minorities. The black man and the white female. It's two minorities, yeah. Yeah. She still got more pull than he do because she a white, but she a white woman. Because she a woman, her status go down. Yeah, white women just just got allowed to vote. Nineteen twelve, right before they let Indians be citizens, because the same time they let white women vote, y'all. Well, look that shit up. The Women's Suffrage Act. I sure. Now that's what we should have a show on that. Just think about seventeen seventy six. That when the Constitution, when they came here and all that, them niggas was wearing socks, stockings, and perms, wigs and shit. 
niggas had on uh 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 <laughs> 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 the niggas had on this shit. Biscuits with the heels on the heels. With the belt buckle on with the with the belt buckle on the shoe and shit. Yeah, stockings <laughs> with the heels. You got them stilettos, right? Yeah, and white woman couldn't vote till 1912, something like that, 1908, 19-something, and owned property. because yeah, the suffrage movement was the turn of the century. It was the, the Civil War is what brought about the Cracker Beast Bitch suffrage movement, the, the aspirations of freedom. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got... The motherfucking peace was at home. They're free. That's in 1865 in America, but the white bitch still can't vote. No, no poverty. Till 19... Oh, something. We got to look that up, though. But, yeah, she still was second class, third class citizen. He's still having a hell of an influence on social structure, though, even though they make him look like she was underneath the foot of the white man. Bitch was calling shots from the back. And you see how vicious she was? When you see some of them old slavery movies, that motherfucking white bitch was way more, some, she was like almost 10 times as vicious as the white man and shit. I was watching one movie. I don't, know, I don't think that was 12 Years a Slave. The motherfucking white man was checking out one of the sisters. They was in the house and having like a Christian service and shit. You know, they make the slaves do this shit. And the white woman stole on the sister with a fucking, like a, a statue and shit, a heavy shit. Just hit her in the fucking grill with that shit, stole on her from the back. Because the white man was looking at the sister and they was dancing, having a church service. I can't remember what it was. It was some vicious ass shit. She got jealous as hell when she seen the motherfucking white man doing that shit. Like, oh, that's the nigga you got your eye on. That's the nigga you going out to the, to, to, to you know, going out to, to the slave quarters and fucking every night. Um, brother Minkara, I looked it up. Um, so I will keep this in mind with the Nineteenth Amendment. Uh, this was ratified on August 18, 1920. The 19th, 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution granted American women the right to vote, a right known as the woman's suffrage. See, they had a constitu- they had a con- they had an amendment in their constitution. That was specifically to make sure women couldn't own property and vote. That's crazy. That letting you know what it is right there. This is a nation set up by punks. <laughs> the bitches and shit. These niggas got their little wigs on and stockings just sitting. They're like, no, I'm different. But I'll scratch that out. We don't want to open it on that property. Think about it. Because they uh-uh. do. They think we the first twans, too. Niggas was the first twans and shit. They say King Lionheart. 
Uh, thanks, for, thanks for thanks for um having me, Ma, but you ain't shit. Uh uh. Uh-uh. Scratch that out. Uh uh-uh. uh. You can't have the women the right to vote. <laughs> all in favor, nay, hey, everything else in our structure, this shit is all, it was all great. Oh, shit. Oh, man. What you heard that part in that new uh, new order, they, the whole purpose for allowing homosexual marriage is to destroy the family. And that, in the midst of all this, the state going to raise the children. They can produce more homosexuals and shit. Will Smith's son is a model for a motherfucker female goddamn dress. And it takes Just in time. What'd you say, Sis? When Brother Mikarar read that, that that makes me think so, like think of the Greeks. It makes me think of Plato. Yeah, wrong. Sexuality, yeah. all the Spartans, the state raising the children, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they raised them in the gymnasium. Children. Gymnasium. Look up what that word means. Not like where the sides had the big orgies and shit. You see the sculptures yourself. I mean, we you ain't got to talk about the history. They show it to you. Gymnasium, butt naked, wrestling. That's what you be doing to this very day. Yeah, why, why, out of all the uniforms you wear when you play sports, why is the wrestling uniform look like a man bikini? To be in the jingle. It's a one piece, ain't it? For a man, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got a special fabric. What is that? What is that? What is that fabric for? And why is it so tight? Like you know, look how it starts off. One nigga has to get on his forearms and knees and like in doggy style position. Y'all ever see that shit in wrestling? I ain't talking about yeah. the one. So you got to get mounted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the mount you. Listen to the terminology, mount you, nigga. <laughs> really, you know, <laughs> what, 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 what created that style of Roman wrestling? Because it looks like how to defend from being raped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, okay. that's basically what it is, so be said. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no fisticuffs happening, you feel me? Now you're going to make me think uh, <laughs> Barry Shango, the great Barry Shango, when he dealt with the Scythians and <laughs> where the cape came from, how when they, you know, attacked other Cracker Beast tribes and shit, you know, they was butt naked so that they could rape them, you know. Yeah, see? That was the pain of losing in battle. <laughs> that was the pain. But you ain't dealing with no regular motherfuckers, man. These animals, man. Well, you really got to study chimps more, and then you'll understand the beast. 
Motherfucker, <laughs> 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 problem. They try to treat them like they some kind of human and shit. Nah, nigga, nah. You gotta treat them like a dog, motherfucker. That's a that's a goddamn monkey. What you mean? Fucking walking, talking monkey, man. That shit shouldn't be happening. He's a real like the crackers you talk to straight up. Like your old racist fucking crackers. Them is the ones that you get along with better. You know what I'm saying? The ones you can just have a straight dialogue with. Them motherfuckers respect the black man and the black woman who talk to them straight. Yeah, nigga, that's like seeing the lion lying in the zoo. That's all that is. As long as you maintain in that zoo, they respect you, nigga. You out that zoo, they got to put you down. Okay, now. Now I got to study fucking, uh, well, I got to study monkeys, chimpanzees. Chimpanzees, <laughs> all them shit. Now, Friday. I got to go in, no, really, I'm serious. I ain't fucking around. Nah, nah, yeah, on everything. No, I'm, I'm, I'm dead ass too. They, they, you will see why they're ter- territorial. You will see everything they're related to. Listen, man. Ringless and rhymeless, man. I ain't write that shit. All yeah, right. that's that's known. That's known. Um, bonobos, like bonobos and chimpanzees. Bonobos fuck a lot. Bonobos are more like um, they're more like human beings actually. Like yeah, crackers. see, see. Why the chimpanzee? You right, but a little. Why the chimpanzee? That motherfucker's aggressive, and they smart when they hunt. Mm-hmm. And they very territorial, man. You feel me? And they patriarchal, like to the fullest. And then tell me that ain't the beast. Okay, Bistro, if you're listening, don't get it twisted. That's why they had to be created from <laughs> from the chimp, man. <laughs> it's in the fabric, man. The, the, what you say about the forehead? I, I ain't seen no chip with no forehead. I could be wrong, though. But look, they got the That's same. my brother work. You feel me? I don't know who said that shit about the lips. I was like, damn, that's real. They got lips like monkeys. The, the, the gorilla, they got no lips. And they like right, the other kids. Right, all the time. They try to poke about with shit. What you, what you poking out? I'm telling you, man. Caesar. That's why they love Planet of the Apes. That's their shit, man. That's them. The Beast has said, man, on the Discovery Channel, kid you not about Neanderthals. The motherfucker has said if a, a modern-day Neanderthal just shaved all his hair off, that motherfucker get a minute he'd go to Yale. And you wouldn't even tell the difference. But it's too tired, that motherfucker. The bees said that out their own mouth. But think, who do all the shaving? Hey, my nigga, I ain't never shaved my body, man. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think for football, nigga, we had the little, you had the little underlying tape you put on first, then you tape your shit up. You feel me? Yeah. yeah hey, brother, that's the problem niggas be making. See what these. But a little say I'm smart enough to know that they, when they be saying, you know, the white boy was trying to say, if, he, if the Neanderthals are here right now, they could just cut their hair off and look just like us. You know, for the minute the nigga said go to Yale, you know, hold on, they only crackers go to Yale. You so, feel me? I put two or two together quick. <laughs> and obviously you ain't got to be that smart if a Neanderthal can go to Yale. It's so easy even a K-Man can do it. 
even the caveman, that's their culture, right? They always show the caveman. For ins- ain't that an insurance commercial? Yeah. Geico. Look, look. They ain't never called no African a caveman. Okay, now. Never. Ain't, you ain't never associated with cavemen. Never, not once. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You little house on the prairie, man. That's what you is. You ain't in the jungle. You on the prairie. Hey, it's like the same thing with terrorists, huh? Same shit applied to the African, huh? This nigga's not a caveman. He a thug. He's a looter. But he ain't no goddamn caveman. That's interesting. That's mm-hmm. one title they will keep for themselves. See me? And then the other, look when they fake the moon landing. One small step for me. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.